pretend to walk a little slower Because there's nowhere that Up to combat. There we go. All right. Whenever you're ready. Okay. This is Advanced After Combat. It's a uh, explicit wargaming podcast uh, involving conversations between guys who are probably too drunk to vote. So my advice would be, if based on complaints we've had in the past, if you're going to make any large purchases based on anything <laughs> we suggest or talk about or advise, you're a fucking idiot. You know. So. Definitely do your own research uh, after we talk about things. And and this podcast is brought to you by myself and Jason. Hello. And each we we've gone with a new format. Each month we're going to have a uh, a new host who's going to come on the show, and it's usually going to be someone that we've selected from the guild. And uh, this this month's podcast is brought to you by Lucas. What's up? All right, so Lucas is going to be on the show, so I'm sure everybody's very excited about that. I sure am. <laughs> so, so Lucas, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hey guys, this is uh, Lucas Brooks. Um, if you if you're on the guild, which you should be, if you're listening, if if you're not, definitely get get with us there. Um, but yeah, my name's Lucas. I'm I'm relatively new to uh, the hobby. I've been kind of hardcore into into the real stuff for like about a year now. Um, and by that, of course, I mean war games, true war games. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, so relatively new, but, but very active. I, I try to, to game often, uh, I game early, I game often, and I have a lot of fun when I do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I guess it's kind of a good introduction. I don't know. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, well you're welcome for the honor of being on the show. That's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Don't you forget. No, I, it, it's a privilege and an honor. Well, the best part is all you fuckers who want to give us all this advice about all the shit we should do. This is like our revenge to bring you on the show and then <laughs> you like, ask for how, it, baby. Yeah, let's see how great you guys do. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Lucas, I, I had a couple questions for you. Okay. Uh, one of them is: so, what, what's the first war game you ever played? Okay. Well, okay. If we want to talk. First war game, I mean, when I was a kid, it was Risk and Stratego. Those are my jams. Um, I don't want to start any threads or like get into whether there's a war games or not, but you know, those are kind of my first, my, my first board games that I really love besides Monopoly. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of, those are my first war games, but I actually had a really, I'm sorry, this is becoming a long story. Um, but no, the way it's, I got, it's not long compared to other stories. It's fine. Okay, okay. Well, I, and actually, I think this is actually an interesting um, kind of way that I got into gaming because something I think about often is how to get more gamers into war gaming. And I actually started because of getting an iPod Touch about three years ago. And that sounds crazy, but I got an iPod Touch and I was like, what, what are cool apps to play? I got Carcassonne, which is an amazing app. Um, and I was like, oh my god, what are these games that, you know, of course it's a Euro, and um, I played that for about a year, a year and a half, just nonstop. And, and I'm not, like, the best, but I'm pretty damn good at it. And and I just loved just having this whole new experience there. Um, so I played that for a while, um, got the the physical version, played that for a, a long time, and then, um, then I discovered Conflict of Heroes. So 
And that was about a year and a half ago. Um, actually, no, first it was memoir and I played a couple, couple games and I was like, okay, I should have got Conflict of Heroes. And, um, then I played Conflict of Heroes and then, and then I got Twilight Struggle after playing Conflict of Heroes for a little while. And then, um, I mean, it was downhill from there. I got Clash of Giants 2, uh, By the Edge of the Sword, those Vivictus games. And, and then it's just, you know, getting really heavy into war games. I just love them. So. Okay. So, so when you were, uh, like, had you been a gamer prior to those three years or were you, was it just something that you discovered when you bought your iPad touch? Yeah, it, no, I hadn't. No, I, I kind of came to it fresh. And, you know, I played Euros for a little bit. I have Puerto Rico, La Havre, and Carcassonne, which are basically the only three Euros you really need. And then if you're going to be gaming, you should be playing war games. I mean, that's kind of the way I think. <laughs> so were you interested in military history? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always okay. been uh, been a fan of history, and I think that for me is the biggest draw with war games in particular. Not really a huge fan of violence, um, but I'm definitely a big fan of history. So that that has been the draw for me is getting to kind of experience these different times and periods um, on a different level than just reading a book or watching a movie. So, okay, um, you've got a girlfriend. I do. Yes. And uh, you live with your girlfriend. I do. <coughs> yes. Okay, so what, what are, uh, do you occasionally find problems when it comes down to, uh, trying to find time for wargaming with, with, and working in time with, with the, the lady? Absolutely. And, and that has actually been uh, a big cause of domestic strife, probably our only domestic strife. Um, but what I've found is that she doesn't like to talk about war games. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll reluctantly play war games, um, and, it, but I, I don't push them on her. Um, does, and what, does she does she ever feel like when you play war games like she's competing for time with war games? Well, yeah, I think it's that, but it's just it's like time, attention, energy, focus. You know, I think that a lot of people it's it's a very fascinating hobby, and you can kind of go overboard. So what I've done to just kind of keep us both happy is I, I structure my time. You know, in the morning I have about an hour before work, so that's when I'll um, I'll play games in the morning. I usually have a, a game set up any given day. Right now it's Beta Foam. And I'll just play an hour and drink my coffee, and then, um, you know, after she goes to bed, I might squeeze in a couple turns, and, you know, during the day, I'll, I'll check in on BGG, but that's really made it so, you know, we can coexist, the hobby and the girlfriend. How about you, Jason? How do you work it in? Um, I have all of my game stuff in a separate room, and um, when the iPad comes out, I know that I'm free to go do whatever I need to do. <laughs> oh, my wife plays The Sims and reads the Daily Mail and you know all the gossip websites. So when so when that, that starts, at that point she's done with you. Yeah, you dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> or you know she gets two whiskeys in and she's <laughs> nodding out, and nice. I'm, I'm free to go sit upstairs in the in the game room. Wow, that's good. So so for you, Lucas, let's say you're sitting uh, with your girlfriend at about seven, and then maybe I geek mail you at about seven thirty and say, hey, let's hook up and play a game tonight. It's like, so you're looking over there and you're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, how, like do I, <laughs> how do I, how do I make this? <laughs> <laughs> the right moment to bring this up. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those balancing acts. I mean, it's just when you're, especially if you, if you're in a relationship where you're living with someone and you have a hobby that's as um, demanding as gaming, I guess. Um, it's, it's important to balance those two things. But yeah, I mean, I, my girlfriend goes to bed pretty early, so. I can usually do the late night things, although we kind of overdid it with that uh, Moscow game. I mean, I was like, we played till like two thirty in the morning, and I really paid for that the next day. 
What did you have to do to work from her day? physically? Yeah, I had to work the next day. I was so delirious. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I mean, it's like I don't ever do stuff like, "Aren't you tired, babe?" Like, shouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't ah, fuck yeah, I, I, try, I try and be respectful of, of of those boundaries and give her my attention. Well, here's what happens with me too. Like, say I set up a vassal game, and I'm like, okay, this is set up, and then uh, maybe somebody cancels or something. It still is like it counted as a game that I was playing. You know, like, right? Like, I'm like, hey, we're going to play, and it doesn't. It still seems like that that counted against me for one of my scheduled games. <laughs> yeah, relationship capital. You have to spend it wisely, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> okay, that's just something I was wondering about because I know. Uh, so you don't have any real issues, though. You can kind of... Do you ever bring it up? And you can like, spend your money as you see fit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, when I first got into it, I was I was a little reckless. I mean, I was like, oh, I need... I, I don't have a game about ancient stuff. I need that. Oh, I don't have a game about World War One. Oh, I don't have another game about World War One. You know what I mean? But now <laughs> I, I was have like... one about I, Zeppelins in exa- World War One. I need that one. Fuck. Now that you mention it, I don't. That's but, what's next up on my table. Really? Are you serious? They have that? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. My my problem is, I think if my wife ever knew how much I actually do think about war games during the day, how often she'd be terrified. Well, yeah. you could be thinking about worse things. Like I would go to a convention where I wore games for like five or six days, and instead of being like, "Ooh, I got that war game in a lot of my system," I come back even more inspired. Just, yeah, <laughs> hot and white for more. She's like, you just spent the whole week war gaming. She'll catch me back in staring at the table, <laughs> setting something yeah. up. They don't always understand. No. No. It's still a little bit of an obsession. It is. It is. But. Jason, do you have any questions for Lucas? No, I'm just happy he's here. Okay, Lucas, so, uh, we have a little surprise for you. Oh boy. This was not my idea. This is something, this is something that we are going to do for, uh, all of our guest hosts, and it's purely optional. Um, we have a little bit of a quiz we want to give you. And this is a military history quiz. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and it's called Name Four. So each of these answers, there's each of these questions, you just have to come up with four answers, four things for each question. And we're going to keep score, and we're going to give each uh, guest host the uh, the quiz, and then we're going to see how everybody does on it. Okay, okay. And, the, and obviously, if you Google shit, that's cheating. So you'll no hear, we'll hear that, yeah. You'll hear me typing. Yeah, yeah right, so... Uh, basically it's just, we're gonna run through it and you just have to name four when I tell you to, and if you can't do it, you can pass, and, uh, I have a little pen here and I'll, I'll keep track of your score. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? Alright. Yeah. Name four D-Day beaches. Before we start, have you been drinking? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but one, one beer, Maximus, oh. my new favorite, I posted about it on the guild. By the way, if you're listening and you're not in the guild, get in the guild. It's the only place on BGG worth visiting. I can guarantee that. Anyways, um, yeah, Maximus. I, I, one in, but it's very strong beer, so okay. it's more like one and a half. Jason, what the fuck? I already asked the first question. Ah, what are you drinking? Yeah, you gave me time to type. I know. <laughs> yes. Okay, are we ready now? <laughs> what are you drinking, Dave? I have Guinness, of course. Okay. Always the drink. Because if I drank Bushmills, I would just be completely out of control. Yeah, it gets, it gets out of control. It would be bad. And not that I can't drink it, a lot of Bushmills, but when I'm, especially if I'm talking, you know, I start to drink more rapidly, so Guinness is kind of the smooth yeah. thing for me to drink. Okay, is everybody ready? Sure. Ready, ready. Ready to fail hard. That's a terrible attitude okay. to go D-Day, D-Day. Okay. Game for D-Day beaches. God, is it? 
I mean, I know, I know Juno's coming to mind because that was that one little hipster movie. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Sword Beach. Okay. Sword Beach. Uh, Malibu. Nope. Uh, that was a joke. Oh, Omaha? Omaha. Ding! Ding! Um, Sword Omaha. Uh, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, um, okay, let me, let me think. Uh, that that might be all I have. I'm really sorry, guys. Okay, that's better than I would have done. Do you want to know the ones you missed? Yes. You missed uh, gold in Utah. I knew Utah. Did not know gold. So you so. got Sword Juno and Omaha. That's good. That's pretty good. Nice. You ready for the second one? Charming. Now, oh, now there's going to be four. Pregnant, teenage quests. pregnancy. We're do four, and then there's going to be a bonus one. See, right now. Name four French Napoleonic generals besides Napoleon. Four French Napoleonic generals. Ooh. Ah, man, I don't know Napoleonic. See, that's a gap in my game collection. And I have to say, boy, that's a gap. I lost that bid, and Braxton won't sell me his copy. So (laughs) back on the streets, on the black market. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for cool stuff to restock. Um, No, um... Ah, I'm, if I had it, I'd know. Um, so that's that's one thing to say. I mean, I learn more from the, the the periods I game. I know more about the history. Don't have all I have is Field Commander Napoleon, which hasn't taught me much. Okay. Um, so I'm so gonna say gonna Wellington. Be his... eh. Are you Wellington? guess? Are you guessing? Don't guess Wellington. Because I, I know he's not French. <laughs> Let's not embarrass ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I have I have Marshall. Uh, uh, I have one game about the yeah, just, I'm gonna pass before people lose respect for me. Okay. Um, question three. Name four wars fought by European nations in the 1700s. Four wars, 1700s? 1700s, 18th century. 18th century. Any maybe, four wars. That's so Any specific. Four war? 30 years war? Uh, I, do, I do not think the 30 years war was, was fought in the 17th century. 18th century. I said 18th century. I mean, I mean 18th century. It was fought in the 17th century. It stopped in 1648. Fuck. Uh, I don't know, man. No, oh, oh, uh, Seven Years' War? That's correct. Uh, uh, Northern War? We will accept that. It's the great, the great Northern War? Yes, we will accept that. <laughs> yes. I know, you know why I know this? I know this because of gaming. Just so everyone knows. Um, that's but what that's, we're trying to show people. That's all I know because those are the only games I have that cover that period. That's awesome. So that's that's what you got. That's what I got. That's what okay. I got. Well, you had the War of Austrian Succession. You also had the War of Spanish Succession. I wouldn't have got those. I, I need to get those. We're exposing some huge gaps in my collection. Yeah, there's a bunch, but some of them were obscure. Okay, final regular points question before we hit the bonus round. Nate, <laughs> this one, God, I don't, you might get this, I don't know. It, now the, the idea is we try to put all questions in, in different periods of time, so. Name the four classes of infantry that fought in the Roman Legion in the mid-Republic Polybian period. Uh, Velite, Triari, um. He's uh, starting strong, he's on a, st- fuck. Velite, Triari, God, give me a second. Oh. He's um, reaching for that copy. 
of uh, this DQR. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's another room, and yes, that's why. It's just an overall on the floor. Can't quite reach it. Awesome. That's that's probably my favorite. One of my favorite counters is the Valite from SPQR. It's that little dude with that like spirit animal hat. You know, like those chicks wear to rave. The little wolf hat. Yeah, it's like what they call. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. This spirit. Yeah, the spirit hood. Yeah, spirit. Um, Bellite, Triari, uh, Hestati, and uh, fuck. Come on, it's their brothers, the brothers of Hestati. T.R. Hestati. Dude, oh, I'm blowing it. But you know what? I'm blowing it, honestly. I'm not going to cheat and look it up. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with three for four. That's good. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's like Principes. Oh, yes, that's right. They're the guys that would switch out with them and rotate out with them. That was good, though. Okay, now this is bonus, and bonus is always going to be harder. Okay. Four Civil War battles. Four Civil War battles? Four Civil War battles that were fought in Mississippi. Oh, man. Dude, I I don't know, and the reason why is because they don't have Mississippi on great campaigns yet, so. I know, it's a neglected, it's a neglected. Atlanta's coming soon, but as soon as Mississippi comes out, I'll know that, like, down pat, but for right now, I got nothing. You gotta take a zero. I gotta take a zero. It's bonus. It's bonus, that's why it's a bonus. So yeah, Vicksburg is one that's well known. Oh, and I posted that picture of Vicksburg, that's a nice picture. Champion Hill is kind of in the Vicksburg campaign. But yeah, there's not a lot. It's not really Corinth and Iuka or two, but they're not very well known. And we've, there's actually two battles in Corinth, but yeah, just, that's bonus. So no sweat. Okay. No. So we're looking at three, five, a total score of eight. Out of? Out of 20. Awesome. It's not bad. Failed with flying colors. But really it's 16 and then just four extra. So <laughs> it's four yeah, You got a solid 50. <laughs> so uh, I, might, I might answer it right, I might not. <laughs> I'm, I'm really going to have to stack it, I think, if Ralph comes on, so we're going to have to really yeah. make it. Right. Yeah, you got really specific. If we let Ralph come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> if Ralph earns the right to come on. <laughs> so that was good, man. That's eight. That's not too bad, especially since we kind of sprung it on you. So. That's really good. Yeah, it's true. Like, if people know they're going to be asked that question, they might have to prepare or something. Cause I, <laughs> yes. uh, and, and I'm it's like Jeopardy. Just study everything. I can't even get to my games right now. They're in another room, so. <laughs> yeah, but it is funny, you know, because like some of these games you play, you're like, oh, dude, I know like every battle in this particular campaign because I played a war game for like four four months that that had that campaign. Oh, absolutely. You start to memorize the stuff. Yeah. Like I'll bet you if I had asked you, uh, uh, division commanders or corps commanders in in the uh, Battle of Bull Run. Or, or one of those theaters, or Chickamauga, because you just played it. You could probably name me like eight court commanders from the Chickamauga campaign. Absolutely, I'm, I'm really tight. With, me, me and those guys we go way back. Go way back. You like Polk? <laughs> I spent more time with those guys than like my friends. You're like, I love Polk. He's my, he's my favorite. <laughs> well, so that's it. That's the introduction to Lucas. And awesome. uh, otherwise, we're just going to kind of go through and do our regular thing. And, uh, Lucas, I know you have a game you want to review. Um, <laughs> I, I've got, I've, I've got one that I want to review. Uh, Jason, do you have anything to talk about review wise? I can talk about something, yeah. Okay. Um, I would love to do mine first before I get too drunk to talk about it, if you guys don't mind. Go for it. Uh, go for it. 
Is that possible? Okay. So um, I went out on a limb and I bought a game that I would never buy normally because uh, I am really into component quality and I have issues. That I know what game, sorry, but I know. Sorry, sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> I bought uh, Franco-Prussian War 40 from Victory Point Games. Oh, nice. And it's a, you know, it's a gaming company that's not far from where I live. Um, I figured I'd support them. I'd heard, you know, I liked No Retreat, and I know I knew that No Retreat had come uh, from Victory Point Games initially. Um, and I also knew that I could expect that the the quality of the components was probably not going to be what I'm accustomed to. So, with some trepidation, I ordered from them. You know, kind of like an online dating experience. You're not quite sure the picture looks... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look quite like the picture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, I ordered it. It cost me 28 bucks, not including shipping uh, and handling. And I got, you know, basically a, a... It came in a box, but it was actually in an envelope, like a plastic Ziploc envelope, that um, the components were so jammed in there that to get the map out, I actually had to split the envelope down the side, you know, at its crease. And that was kind of annoying because then I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to put this stuff in a Ziploc bag now because, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I really felt like I couldn't even pull the stuff out of the bag without damaging them or something. So you, you split the envelope down the whole side? You know, like down the crease. Oh, wow. I don't know. I just, maybe I was eager to get to it. I, I guess know. so. Jeez. Ravenous. So uh, I'm, I'm a big Franco-Prussian War fan. That whole period of like 1859 to 1870 is really fascinating to me. Um, so I got the game. I opened it up. I looked at it. Quick component assessment. Uh, map looks okay. There's two uh, really good sheets that kind of show you how to play the game, like quick reference sheets. There's a booklet. The counters are terrible. Terrible. I mean, they're not cut properly. So I had to use an X-Acto knife and trim, like, edges off of them. You know, there's, like, white yeah. sides. You know, are you guys used to this type of stuff? Yeah, I've bought a couple games from them. Is that normal? Uh, on their older games, yeah. They kind of, uh, in the in the die cutter, they you could tell they press it two or three times, which you're really not supposed to do. You're supposed to press it once. Um, so, you know, the, the blades get dull, so they press it a couple times and that's what causes like the edges of the counters kind of fall off and it doesn't cut all the way through. Right. There were like these extra pieces of flocky that are falling off the counters. Yeah. It'll be like that for a while too. And then when I'm looking at the top of the counter, so I see the counter and then there's a strip of white at the top because it's not evenly cut. So the bottom half of it's not trimmed off. That sucks. So, so I think did you clean it up with your little rounder though? At least make it look pretty. Well, I had an exacto knife that I went and cut along it. Um, but for $28, yeah. honestly, like, I get that the games are meant to be cheaper, mm-hmm. but $28 isn't that cheap. It's not that cheap anymore. Yeah, no, they used to be cheap. a lot cheaper. You could so pick when you're talking like shipping bucks, and sales tax, you're really putting 40 bucks in to get this game. Yeah. And I thought that the jumping quality between that and going to a, a GMT game that might sell for $30, $35, there was no comparison or an MMP game. It's just not, they don't, they haven't made the jump. Okay, so the components were but, not worth But like they say, the gameplay's a thing, so. Right, well, and also, by the way, the round counters that they had, forget it, like, you almost have to destroy the, the there's these friction counters yeah. you have to use, you almost have to destroy them to get them out of the, the, the uh, whatever they're in, the 
cardboard. So that was a disaster. So not happy with that. Uh, the, the cards were nice. They were decent. The map looked okay. The rule book seems pretty clear. I like how they used the font and they used different examples in the rule book. So as far as component quality, uh, I thought the rule books were good. So, um, generally, onto the game. The game is basically a, a replay of the Franco-Prussian War of 1870. And it's at a very strategic level, so you're moving armies. So each side has maybe uh, maybe 12 or 13 counters. The French have some forts, they have some armies, and then the the, uh, the Prussians have some armies, and they each have cavalry. And generally, you're just moving your, your units, and the real sticking point in this game is that when you get into an enemy's zone of control, you have to attack them. You have no choice. So, just I'm gonna grab one of the sheets here. Is this the same system as the Napoleonic 20? I, let me run through it for it you. Like Cause basically there is a, an operations phase. You have, you have cards that you can play. I thought in that game you have a card and the card. The card's in the for that turn. Yeah. This game's different because okay. what happens is you get, basically the way the game works is you initially get a hand of cards and the cards can be played for a variety of things. They can maybe give you some replacements or help your guys move or they might help them in combat and usually uh, that, that playing that card, there's some cost, and the cost takes the form of uh, a friction point that is then, then accrued. And for your friction can be used against you by your opponent. So it, it reflects the fact that as you start to push things and play cards, you, as you start to have more action, your army develops more friction and it creates advantages for the opposition. And, and some of the things, just to give you an idea, that the, your opponent can use these friction points against you are, um, in, in a stack, he can play one of your own friction points against you to cause minus one movement, or in an attack, minus one strength, or make you re-roll a battle die, or stop you from drawing cards in the administrative phase, or stop you from reconcealing if you're playing with hidden movement, or uh, even to create an extra dummy unit for yourself. So during movement, you can make a dummy unit uh, if you're using hidden movement, and it kind of reflects the fact that his friction is confusing him about where your forces actually are. So as you play these cards, a card might say, play this card for one friction, you can gain two replacement points. Or for one friction, you can add one point of strength to... Every, every unit in this hex, you know. So you always have to figure, do I want to add friction or do I want to just do my normal stuff? Sure. But now friction's not always guaranteed. Uh, there's a 50% chance for each friction point you try to play on against your opponent that, uh, it's not going to have any effect. So the friction is kind of a cool way to play the game where you can play cards. There is a cost to playing cards. But generally you can play as many cards as you want. It's not like, in a card-driven game where you might play a card, you can choose ops or an event. In this case, you could play like three cards at once and add up all the replacements they give you and then bring a unit on or something. Hmm. So That's cool. you do, you do have a limit in how many cards you can have. So the cards basically supplement your actions. If you, if you get what I'm saying, you guys follow me? Yeah, I follow. Okay. So it's, it's, so, it's a sprinkle of flavor. 
Right, it, and it, there's a lot of cool cards, like uh, the Mitralus, or there's uh, Krupp's Batteries, or Bismarck Convinces the Kaiser, and there's a lot of political cards. Some of the events are like Southern German States Grumble, and if that card comes <laughs> up and you've allowed the Southern German Army to be defeated, they get really pissed at you, and your morale goes down as the Prussians. That's awesome. And, and the one card causes the Paris Commune to take over Paris. And when that happens, French or German troops can't go into Paris. So the cards are cool. It's a mix of, uh, and, and the, the Germans have some cool cards, like a lot of their cards are called German staff work, which gives them a lot of, uh, like battlefield, like map wide stuff they can do, while French cards tend to be just on one or two units, you know, cause they just weren't as good at, at coordinating their troops. So, so that's the cards. But generally, when you're talking about the combat and the movement, the units just move. If you get into an enemy zone of control, you uh, have to attack all units that are in your zone of control. The one controversial part about this game that I've seen is there's a reaction phase uh, from your opponent. So if it's the German move and the Germans move up into combat, the French can react a unit to, to one hex to next to them forcing them to attack. Mm. And the, the problem is when you have maybe a defensive line behind a river, the Germans can wait until it's the French turn and then move a unit up and force the French to attack out of their defensive positions across the river. Oh. So the so, river doesn't block that? Well, the river, the, right, the river doesn't block the zone of control. So when it's a, now in, in No Retreat, No Retreat used something similar. Yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds, yeah. But the difference is in No Retreat, when the enemy triggered the attack, he didn't get the benefit of the terrain. Okay. Yep. So in this game, if the Germans move a unit opposite you across a river in your turn, you have to attack them across the river, and you pay the penalty for crossing the river. What? So yeah, so that's been kind of, now, there was quite a bit of aggressive battlefield behavior in this period. So it's not exactly out of the norm for you to be behind a defensive line and have one of your armies surge across and attack without orders. But it is kind of an odd thing game-wise. What it doesn't affect, though, is it keeps the French from being able to form like an impenetrable river line right next to the border. And it, once the battlefield actually opens up, the, the fighting becomes much more fluid once the Germans pour through. So um, that's that's the really controversial thing, I think, right now about it, the fact that reaction moves uh, can really kind of provoke you to attack out of a defensive position, which is kind of odd. Um, and, you know, there's it's funny. I don't know how well they playtested this game because when I read the designer notes, he goes through every single part of the game and he never once touches on reaction moves, which seems to be the, the one issue that would would have come up in playtesting, because after playing it one or two times, most of us who are reviewing it or playing it have noticed that it's kind of an odd part of the game. So so that's it for the general play of the game. It's got a CRT, you roll a die, and, and then you see what the results are. Uh, co- other cool aspects of the game, it gives a lot of great flavor for Franco-Prussian War. In fact... Both sides have different governments during the game. The French start out as the uh, the Second Empire, and then at some point they they have to switch over to the Third Republic. That's awesome. And, and then the Germans start out as the German Confederation, and then they can become the German Empire if they get near Paris or stuff like that. So so they can uh, there is that aspect. 
It's got uh, rules, like as your morale goes down, eventually your units don't ex- have the zones of control anymore. It's got rules for sieges. There, there are hidden movement. Every unit can be flipped over to be hidden. And then there's dummy markers you can use. And uh, there's rules for detachments. And so I, I'm kind of torn because I, I really wanted to love the game. Yeah, I, I just really wanted to like it because I love the period. And the only other game I've played on the period is Blood and Iron, which is just tedious to play. And, and I was kind of like, okay, cool, maybe this is going to be a series because they talk it's the Klauswitz series. But then in the designer notes, the guy's like, yeah, the next one we're going to do is the Boer War. And I'm like, how the fuck would you do the Boer War with this game? You know? But that's it. So uh, so generally, I would give this game... I mean, do you guys have any questions or any... Yeah, well, I, I had a couple. Oh, sorry, Jason. Sure. Just... No, go ahead. Um, so the now the 40, if it's my understanding, that's the number of... the maximum number of counters on the board at any given moment. Is that correct? Um... That would be correct, but I, I assume that's correct, but there's actually 60 pieces. Okay. So France, there is, so it's, uh, okay. And then the other, uh, the other question, so I, I think that with this game, and it's kind of what I've experienced, I mean, I played the, the, um, Solitaire, the Soviet one, I think it's Soviet Dawn. Mm-hmm. And one thing that struck me is, is I really did get a feel like they're trying to pack a lot of history into the cards, and it sounds like with this one, you do get a good, um, grasp of some of, more than just like a standard tactical game where you learn a, a bit about formations and that. It, it sounds like with this one you're learning more about stuff that was going on, the politics of the war. And, right, and I, think, I think the cards are the best part of the game uh, right. because the other part is just pushing around 12 counters and having them get stuck <laughs> in each other's zone, like figuring out a ratio, you know, that's not exciting. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But the, the cards have stuff like, you know, one, uh, one of the French, guy, French uh, political leaders escapes from Paris in a balloon and and uh, just all sorts of, and it, it really, and I really also like the fact that the cards give you choices, but even within those choices, you're like, okay, I can spend this card to do this, but then it's going to give me a friction point. And then my opponent can use that friction against me later. Right. You know? So there was, the whole idea of the friction I thought was very cool. And, really and, in, cool. and in your administrative phase at the end of your turn, you have a choice. Do you want to draw another card, or would you rather have your friction points? So you can have a total of five. It's halved, rounded up. So you like, do you want to take away three friction points, or do you want to draw another card? So it gives you. I'm going to bring it to GMT West because yeah, yeah I, I think it's. A, I have I have you penciled in. You better. I think it's. I think it's a much better game face to face because I think the hidden movement makes the. Oh, the one thing I didn't mention is when you do do a reaction move, it sounds like oh well, geez, that sucks that you could just react. Uh, into a zone of control and force me to attack you, even though, you know, I'm, it's a bad position. The one thing is, you have to pay, discard one of your cards to do a reaction move. So there is a cost uh, to doing it. Okay. You might have, you only have three or four cards in your hand, and to throw one of them away to do a reaction isn't always something you want to do, so. It's a costly move. That's cool. That so, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Instead of it just being a so, free thing you get to do. So I think this is, you know, Callendale reviewed it, and uh, he and I got into a, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw a that. enthusiastic discussion about the game, <laughs> where I actually defended the game a little bit. But um, what, I'll, what I'll say, so the designer's Joe Miranda. This is, this is a 2012 game. Uh, I got it for $28. Um, I think it's much better face-to-face than it is solo, because it does have cards, and it has a hidden movement system that seems to be valuable. 
So we will play it at GMT West, and then I'll come back and give you guys a, a review. But as a solo game, I would say, I, and I'm, I'm flavoring this because I am a Franco-Prussian War fan, I would give it a 6.5, just because the counters are like a bag of dead assholes. <laughs> I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> so, so superficial. There, there's our next t-shirt. They're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. Um, you know, so I give it a 6.5, and for beers, it's pretty easy to play, I think, so. So you played it solo? I did. Yeah. Yeah, the 20 games aren't very good solo, but face-to-face, they're, they're fun. Well, I played it just to kind of get a feel for, for how the game, you know, just to go through mm-hmm. the mechanics, and it, it, it was fun. I mean, especially once the the Prussians break. The first time I didn't realize how the reaction moves worked, so I didn't really use them. And the French just lined up on the river line and they just smoked the Prussians. So the Prussian, you kind of have to have that reaction stuff. Otherwise, the French will just hide behind obstacles, which they didn't do historically. Right. French were trying to be very aggressive, and that was kind of my point in the BGG discussions, where you know commanders were aggressive. Because they were still thinking along Napoleonic lines. Well, as a war gamer, you're like, well, no, we're all going to line up behind this terrain objective and just sit here, you know. Yeah, you game it, right? Right, but that's not the way they did it. They attacked. They they felt more comfortable attacking. Yeah. So <laughs> well, you couldn't be you can be accused of cowardice. You know, you, <laughs> they, you know what I mean? I mean, they have their alarm. There was something. <laughs> that, there, but there there are cards that do provoke the French to make them like. There's a card like Furia Francais, which means basically like. If you attack, you get a bonus on that mm-hmm. card. You know, so there are cards that try to get you to attack. So I give it a six and a half, probably about, it's probably like a seven or eight beer game. Just cause the stacking alone is easy, so. No stacking. Oh, don't get started on stacking. So. That's a it. Bad thing. You guys have any other questions about that one? Well, no, I think it, it, it kind of raises, I mean just the rating on it kind of raises, a, not a question, but kind of a, an aside, like, I've found sometimes, cause I play a lot of games solo, I just, I mean, I prefer to play with the, the physical components. And I find that sometimes I'll play games, I'll be like, wow, I really like this game. It's super boring playing it by myself. Yep. But I can see how this would be really fun playing against a friend, and I actually have to shelve some games, like midway through, and just be like, I'm not getting anything out of this, not that the game's bad. Right. But it's just not, but then there's other games that are just like solo, you can play it for like days on end. You well, know? Car, card driven games, I think, or car, games that have cards as a, a strong component are just hard solo plays. Or yep. if they're too simple or the forces are too symmetrical, that too is always lends itself better to having an opponent who will do shit you would never do. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. But. I agree. Yeah, so, well, I'm I mean, looking I'm, forward to playing it. I'm looking forward to playing it. I scouted out some bars by the hotel, so. And, and it's, and this is a, it's a period that's really underrepresented in gaming. And it's just so much fun because it's the height of staff work and core movement and all that cool stuff. We all think we'd be awesome staff officers, you know, if we were, <laughs> all war gamers think we'd be genius staff officers. And, yeah. and, you know, so that's it. That's it. That's what I got. So, I will never buy another VPG game. Ever, oh, ever. Their ever. new stuff is really good. I think you would like the new ones. Because it's like the Dude, least... this is me two years ago. <clears throat> no, the new style of game they're selling it. The counters are laser cut. Yeah, they got that laser cutter. They're, they're beautiful. Nice. Yeah, they're beautiful. They are. Maybe they should go back and laser cut these counters. Yeah, they, <laughs> they should have. I mean, frankly, they should be embarrassed. Oh, I was pissed at oh. the counters quality. So, 
I'm sure and Alan I, will be at GMT West. You can tell him. No, and I've I've gotten the, I've got the stuff because I was a miniature gamer. I've got the Zactos. I've got the corner punchers, and yeah, but you shouldn't have to have all that shit to play a game and make yeah. it look nice. You know, that's no, that's what you're paying. You're paying them to do that for you, right? So unless you want to take a corner rounder to it and make it perfect. But. And I, I guess the game no, was initially maybe they did drop <laughs> the cost because the game was initially thirty four dollars. So maybe they marked off six dollars for the shitty counters. But if I paid thirty four dollars for this, holy crap! Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Who's up? Who wants to go next? Jason? I'm at it, Lucas. Lucas. What am I? What am I reviewing, by the way? You're you're doing that Epe game. Epe. Oh, I am. Yeah. Uh, oh man. I, I, so so one caveat. I don't know how to speak French. That's um, okay. So it's uh, a, it's a, a very French it, French it, episode because mine's it, mine's a French game too. Yeah, this one actually. Okay, so I got this. It was like. I got. All right, all right, so what's the name? It's, uh, Swords of Sovereignty for the English speakers. Okay. Um, so I got Swords of Sovereignty. This was, um, this, the third, okay, so we can count Twilight Struggle as a war game purchase, cause it's got a counter with a tank on it. Sure. Right. Let's just leave it at that. I don't want to talk about it. War game. Clash of Giants 2 was my second, and then, Ooh, that's a war game hardcore, right? So that, right. and then I got, um, and then I had, this was a, a fun moment for me because I was like, man, I got this itch to really, you know, get this medieval game and, and, and I want knights and I want like that whole thing. And, and I found this online and I didn't realize that GMT distributed it. Um, I ordered it directly from France from Ludif Foley. Uh, and that was really exciting. It was an exciting moment for me because I had just gotten into war gaming and I was like already kind of my, I don't know how to explain it. I guess it would be if, if you had recreationally tried pot and then all of a sudden you were introduced to heroin, you kind of get that like illicit rush. Like this came from France and it showed up and it was like, we had similar childhoods. (laughs) 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 So, so half the rules were in French and the counters are in French. And I was like, this is it. This is perfect. I love it. Um, the yeah, heavens opened like, up and angels oh, were singing. It was great. I was like, I think I've found my new hobby. Like it was a big moment for me. Um, and, and also, uh, but anyway, so that, that was a big, that was a big moment for me getting this game in the mail. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, oh gosh, in terms of now, now bearing in mind for you, dear listeners, I had forgot I was reviewing this game. So it's kind of off the cuff review, but, um, now, it, now how, how do you, how can you get this game? Where, where can we order it from? Dude, you can get it at, um, GMT distributes the game. So because when I look it up on. When I look it up on BGG, it looks like it's a magazine game or something. It, it is, it is, but it's not. So um, Ludifoli and Vivictus both published games from the series. Um, they're both going to be by Frederick Bay, he's the designer, and then Pascal da Silva. Um, I know that that Jason men- mentioned my boner for Mark Mahaffey maps. <laughs> um, this would be my other boner. It's it's nothing um, other than purely I, I appreciate their work. Um, it's for their maps. Um, but right. the counters, Pascal de Silva's maps, um, uh, beautiful maps, beautiful counters. I mean, uh, each one, if you go on BGG, I've got close-up photos just of the counters, just gorgeous illustrations, um, just right in my opinion. But anyways, uh, so both of those do Ludifoli, Vivictus, and um, Vivictus is a French wargaming magazine. It makes me wish I knew French because I would subscribe, but I don't. Um, but anyways, these are folio games. So you get them in a little folder, it comes in a Ziploc. 
rule book, French and English. Uh, usually it's a two-sided map and then counters for two different battles. So that's now basically... They, are, are they all jammed into the thing so you have to rip it open to get them out? No. What does okay, that mean? Good. I'm just, I mean, they aren't all packed into there, so the only way to possibly get them out is to split the package open? Oh, no, 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 no. So the Ludifoli ones come with baggies and um, Ziplocs, and then the Vivictus come in a folio, kind of like, you know, what you would have had in fifth grade for your homework. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got to supply your own bags for the counters. Um, but good, good counter quality, good die cutting, easy how, to prep. How come I can't find this on BGG? Um, yeah, it's like, I've tried to find this stuff, it's impossible. I copy and pasted right from the GMT website. I-L. Isn't it on GMT? Yeah, I can see it on GMT, but not on BGG with that same. On BGG, do ill feel for, for board game family. Like, do family, then feel, and it will come up as, by the edge of the sword is the name of the family. Ah, feel de la pita. Epi, I don't know. I can't pronounce it. And and then it gives you a list of all the games. There's a ton of them. And uh, most of the early ones were print and play, so you have to make your own counters. But the more recent ones are. Oh, Jason will love that. Heck yeah, Jason will be all over that. <laughs> so, so I have um I have two from this series. I have uh, Swords of Sovereignty and um, the Lion, the Crusades one. Did you find it on BGG? Did no, that help? I give up. I'm, I'm going to just listen to you talk. <laughs> okay. I assure you it's there. You just type in, you, you, you do the drop down to board game family and type mm. in FIL and you'll find it. Um, but anyways, I mean, that, that, uh, something about these games just really attracts me to them. Um, if you have played the Men of Iron series, the core mechanics are very similar. There's a couple differences, but overall you're getting a medieval tactical system, um, very easy to set up and play, works well solo, would be delightful playing against an opponent, um, good component quality, fun to look at the map, um, I'm trying to think of what else would be important to make a purchase decision. Um, in so, terms so what, what's the activation like? Um, activation, if I remember correctly, the leaders all have... Okay, so one sidebar, I've played a lot of games last year, like read a ton of rule books. <laughs> and it's like, so I'm still trying, and when I go back, it, it's refreshed, but if I remember correctly, there's like leader, leader rank rating, some kind of leader rating, and then it's like whoever's the highest rated, they go first, and the next guy goes, and it kind of goes that way, if that makes sense. Um, so you, you kind of activate, you take turns activating um, whoever's the highest ranked. I think that's how it works. Do you have to roll to activate them? No, 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 no. Everyone so gets to activate. activate. Yeah, everyone gets to activate each turn. So they all get to activate. It's just the order is, I think there might be rolling for the order that they're activated in. I honestly can't remember. Um, but it's easy to remember once you pick up the rule book. I mean, the rule book is very short, very easy to understand. Um yeah, so activation, meh. there are some surprises there. Um, let me think what else. I'm sorry. Um, gosh, I wish you would remind me that I was reviewing this, but. No, I just I, I think you, would, I yeah. figured you would have done your <laughs> homework. Um, no, hold on. I'm all about winging it. I never do homework. <laughs> so, but I mean, the, but I think the core thing, like when I, what I think is important for review, should I buy this game? Yes. This is an awesome game. Like, it's a really good game system. If you're a fan of medieval shit, buy it. 
If you're a fan of um, simple, easy to play games, buy it. If you're a fan of beautiful artwork, buy it. Like, so is this is this like a ratio CRT? What's to do? Like you, you have zones yeah, of control, or um, there is a there's a CRT. God, dude, here let me go grab it. Hold on, is, one it, is it? Hold on, is it card driven? No, it's dice. It's dice, and it's it's like the Men of Iron series where it's like. I was gonna say it looks um, like the. Medieval There's, game we play, or the it, it look, it ancient just, game. Go, go grab the game. Go I'm gonna go. Grab, I'm gonna oh, go get a beer. Okay. Let's pause. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, so Lucas, tell me about this game that you uh, you have called. Uh, <laughs> it's Epi Sovereign. Um, I learned that at one of my previous jobs, I sold uh, tableware, and I didn't know French, and I was really embarrassed because I started as a warehouse clerk, and I was a salesperson selling very expensive porcelain. And my boss said, "It's easy. I don't know it either." Just cut off the end of the words. that's all right. All right, whatever. Source of sovereignty. All right, so um, one thing that I think is really important that everyone knows about this game, the cover artwork is awesome. It's from this document called the Codex de Manesse. Um, I've posted the full PDF on the guild. You should be on yep. there if you're not. Which, again, is a reason to be on the guild. It is it, exactly one of the t-shirt designs I designed is from yeah. this codex. And it's so beautiful. Guys, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. Is it um, the donkey one? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The donkey's from 1906. No. This is a, a codex from, oh gosh, I don't know. It's, it's so old, dude. It's like from the 1400s, I think. Um, it's, a, it's the other one with the two people playing backgammon or something. Um, so it's an illuminated manuscript from Germany. Very cool stuff. Um, full PDF is online. Miracle of modern age. The internet has that kind of stuff. I mean, price. Okay, let's get, let's get to the guts of the thing. All right. So this might be the best or worst review ever, Dave's depending on preference. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Important things we need to know. Um, there are leaders. There are leaders. Um, there is command. Um, there is facing is important. There's different types of units. There's cavalry. There's charges. There's um, there's knights. There's men at arms. There's militia, archers, all of those things that make it exciting. Um, I know that Dave wants to know about CRTs. There is yes, there is a CRT. How does uh, how does, mor- how does morale work in the game? Morale works. There's discouragement. Um, so it's called discouragement. And basically, when you become discouraged, you like put a marker on the unit, and then um, it's kind of like a half step to being routed. Okay. So, so there is morale, um, fatigue as well. Um, you can rally up. Um, I know that activation was important to you. Oh, the cool thing is when you're sorting out the counters, they all have the different coat of arms and the different leaders, so you can yeah. sort them out according to their coats of arms. So, Lucas, when I look at a counter, are there are there numbers or information on the counter? There is. There's movement points, quality rating, and combat strength, as well as okay. type of unit and weapon class, and their blazon, or their banner, if you speak English. Nice. And, and then on the army commanders, um, there's army commanders and there's leaders. Two different types of leadership, so I know you'll be into that. Um, nice. There's an army commander bonus, there's movement, range of command, and command ratings. Can, and can, le- can leaders fight each other? They can die, but they can't fight each other. So they can't fight each other in like personal combat or anything like that. Uh, there's no duels or anything. But one thing that's really funny, they can get wounded and like you have wounded counters and like they're full strength counters. They're wearing like a cool helmet, you know, uh, and they're all different. <laughs> they're all different helmets. 
But like their wounded leaders all look the same as this dude with this, like bandage over his head. He looks all beat up. Oh, I'm buying. I'm buying. That's awesome. It's so cool. I love this game. This game probably is responsible for like what got me so excited about wargaming. I mean, it's just hits all the right notes for me. So um, when you buy the game, is it one battle? Two battles. Okay, so it's, that's why it's flipped. You have a flip yeah. side for the other so, battle. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It fits on a small space. It fits on like a small desk. Um, Bovine from 1214 and Warringen from 1288. Nice. Um, so, uh, some other things that people should know, um, besides it's a must buy, um, there is terrain effects, uh, fire is different than melee, there's melee, you, it's, I mean, if anyone's played Men of Iron, it, it's kinda, it's a really similar mechanic to Men of Iron, and I think it suits itself to this time period. But there's um, different types of classes, so you kind of go and you get DRMs from whether or not you're a knight versus a sergeant, or if you're a, a knight versus pikes, you got different cool. die roll modifiers. So there's so, like a table matchup where they counter, you can look and yeah. see what the modifiers are. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you, you, you got, definitely have to use that to your advantage, and that's where the kind of decision comes in. You know, do you do you charge with your knights? Um, if you're trying to get a knight and all you have is pikemen, you're gonna have to surround them and gang up on them. So, um, fascinating little game. It's it's really fun. Oh, you do have to supply your own dice, but everything else is there. Yeah, that's cool. One of the things that annoyed me the most about the VPG game was they sent a tiny little purple die with it. You didn't like that? I thought that was stupid. I just threw it away. What? Like oh, you could have put it in an envelope and sent. I don't. I don't even know if that thing ro- rolls properly. That thing's not weighted. You can't trust that fucking die. I barely trust the vassal die generator. I'm not yeah, trusting that stupid fucking piece. That thing's like the piece of a sand of grain. I'm not rolling that thing. <laughs> but uh, what else can I say? I mean, this 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 game, Swords of Sovereignty, it hits all of the right notes for me. Um, and, and available through GMT. I I think it is still available yeah, through so. GMT. Is it? I mean, I, like I said, I bought it from France. That was really exciting f- for me. Um, and that kind of raises a different thing that I thought would be interesting to talk about. Speaking um, of French games, I gotta say, Hexasim. Oh yeah. I've really been looking at some of their stuff and liking it. Oh dude, save it for the warehouse sale because you don't want to pay shipping. I know. That, that Liberty Roads. I don't yeah, want to say it. I, I, I'm not saying anything about it. Because I don't want any... Everyone's going to go out and buy it. It sucks. That's Napoleon versus Europe, dude. That one's, got, that one's got my attention. I'll put it that way. But I looked at some of their other stuff, and I thought it was pretty cool, some of the other games they have, so... Yeah. No, so, I mean, so overall, let me... Let me I mean, I, I'm not, I don't really review games that often, but let me just say that when I play this game, I really enjoy myself. Um, they've got war wagon counters. I just can't, I can't recommend it enough. I, I just can't. I mean, if you're into medieval at all, you must own this game. I mean, is that, there, that's, is there a donkey counter? There's, <laughs> uh, no. no, no, there's a war wagon counter, which is kind of close. close. Yeah. That's kind of close, but not quite the same. Okay. So, so one to 10, uh, 10, duh. Beer? Uh, 10. Ten beers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, ten beer. No, no, no. What am I talking about? Um, I don't know. Like, not ten like, Braxton beers. Like ten, <laughs> uh, ten AAC beers. No. Um, it, it beer wise, I mean, once you once you know the rules, it's pretty simple. I would say it's like a good six a good six pack. 
you can play, you can have a six pack and still enjoy it. Um, it would be easy to teach. Um, yeah, it's just a really cool game. Like, don't, do not, if you're even halfway thinking you should buy this, then just buy it. If you're not convinced, then go on BGG and look at the pictures. Is somebody playing with like cellophane, cellophane right now? Or like bubble yeah, was, wrap or was, something? Yeah, that's me. I was zipping it back up. <laughs> Since the plug. <laughs> we have a, we have, our listeners are very critical of sound quality. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So now here, here's the question. This is my surprise question. Oh, and Lord. I'll be easy on you though, because I'll start with what my answer is. Get the so, editing button ready. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, okay, so anyone who's familiar with, um, uh, people who are down on their luck or, or drug addiction, alcoholics, there's a, they, what they call a bottom, where you hit that bottom and you look at your life, you're like, oh my god, it's out of control, right? Okay. So I want to talk about your wargaming bottom. For me, I got Battles Magazine. Very cool magazine. Mm-hmm. It took forever for it to arrive. And on the head, on the, on the masthead, uh, like on the front, it said the most late magazine since the history of the printing press, which is kind of amusing, but I was also still kind of pissed because it took so long. That's like Anyways. three years late, right? Oh, they <laughs> yes. have an awesome game in that magazine though. Yeah, I have that. Flowers of the Forest. I haven't played it yet. I need to play it. I, I clipped it. Um, very cool counters. I mean, that's what got me to buy the magazine. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm, I, I'm big on counters. Um, so, my bottom though, there's an article in that magazine and I posted on the guild about it, about Russian war games. And I was like, oh my god, I gotta have some. They look so cool. And it's like, they're not, they're gonna come, they're not translated, the counters are in Russian, they're in Cyrillic, Cyrillic, whatever. Cyrillic. Um, you have to get the translations online, you have to order it from overseas. The guy seemed really nice. I mean, I went through the motions and I was like, alright, Braxton, I need to get three games from only two are in print and I needed three for free shipping. Are you in, dude? Are you in? And of course he's like, yeah, let's get all of them. And, and I was like, ah, oh, but still, I mean, I had to send a money order. I couldn't send PayPal. The guy seemed really legit, but it was still just one of these things where I was looking at my life and saying, do I really, really, really need to have a Russian game imported from Russia and it's going to take like a month to get here? And that kind of was like my bottom when I was like, okay, dude, get a hold of yourself. You don't need that game. It looks really cool, but. You can just, you can just wait. You can wait. You passed? I passed. Wow. I passed. I was like, I love, in the illustrations, and, and these games are beautiful games. They're beautiful. They have this kind of, uh, almost fantasy quality, kind of like Russian folklore illustrations. Very, very compelling. And I was like, you know what? I could spend 50 bucks and get a really cool block. Like, I looked online, and there's like these awesome, huge coffee table books of Russian folklore woodcuts. Was like, it a, was it a, was yeah. it a Getty, was it a Gettysburg game? Or, no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not, there's not, and it wasn't a thing where I, like, this company makes a really cool product, and I really, really wanted these games, but I kind of thought like, do I, can I really afford a hundred bucks right now? Like, really? Like, what else could I buy with my money? I yeah, still yeah. feel like I should have pulled the trigger, but that kind of was like my bottom when I kind of evaluated my life and my choices, and I was like, do I really need to get this game? I think that's, so that's my answer. Smart. You made a smart decision, I think. I don't know. I'm still doubting it. I know Braxton's ready to go anytime. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, the, the, you didn't buy it, right? <laughs> <laughs> not not oh, yet. Not I have yet. Said, but I haven't, but I, it's yet. It's a big yet. But, um, but really cool books of, of Russian folklore woodblock illustrations. So I'm kind of weighing those two things. That was my bottom. Now what is yours? Mine was, uh, where there's Discord. 
Oh, <laughs> I had sworn off buying anything. I was going to take a couple months off, and they emailed and said, "Hey, this it's going to print. It's X amount of money. Are you going to do it?" Like, well, you know, I really want this game, but I said I wasn't going to buy anything, so I shouldn't buy anything, and I let it weigh on me for like three days, and finally, ah, screw it, and just okay, let's do it, and immediately regretted it, and then came, and then the game sucked. And, oh, man. <laughs> but I guess the positive out of it is I got I got three, well, two and a half games that actually seem like I'll enjoy out of it, which are all eighty dollar plus games. So I, I think it's a net positive. But man, I, <clears throat> it was a low couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, that that we've talked about that before. That's the nice thing about the games. Usually, you can sell them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For almost what you paid for them, so. Yeah, I got Ambush and Raid on, uh, the first expansion of that, and then Raid it, Raid on Satan Is that Butterfield? Yeah. Yeah, good chance, good yeah. chance. Cause you're a solo gamer, you gotta have those, you gotta Exactly. Have those. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dave? Uh, my, my, my low might be a tie, uh, there was the time I got drunk, <laughs> late on a Friday night, and, uh, decided that not only did I need to buy Labyrinth, I needed to buy it for all of my friends before it went out of stock. I had some fear that there's going to be some run on the game of Labyrinth. So I ordered like four copies of it from NWS Online. And then the next morning, suddenly lurched up in bed as I realized what I'd done. And I had oh. to sheepishly send them a, an email basically saying, like, yeah, I'll only need one copy of that game. And the other time was when I had come back from Historicon, a big miniature wargaming convention, which probably is... For me, it's like a $2,000 trip or like a $1,600 trip. And I got back just in time to see my, my, I had accidentally pre-ordered two copies of Guderian's Blitzkrieg 2 from uh, MMP and a book copy showed up on the same day that I got home. So oh, that's funny. I ended up having to, I mailed one copy back to them uh, because I didn't, I kept the other one. But yeah, of course. It's yeah. bad. Oh, this is great. Well, all oh, right, Jason, funny. you got a review? Yeah, I guess. Um, also, Good. oh, by the way, Lucas, great review. Yeah, I, good job, buddy. Yeah. You review Take- games like I review games. It's it's, <laughs> it's good. Go buy it. Where it's bad, ignore it. Well, it's, that's, it's that's information you, you really need to know, that's all right? You need. Yep. And I, I can I can tell you this: it did not sound scripted. It was not. No, <laughs> it did not sound he, he didn't even know he was going to talk about it. I I'd totally forgotten. That's good. That good. Fresh review. Good, honest review. Oh, All right, let's, let's hear it. So I'm also going to talk about a game involving the French. Uh, so this is a game I pre-ordered probably two years ago um, from a French company, and it wasn't going to be available in America, so I pre-ordered it straight from them. I got it about a year ago, I guess, February of 2013, um, and just left it on the shelf for a while. It's... It looks different. The just the way the game looks is a lot different than anything I've played. So I was thinking, man, this thing's going to be really, really intense and too much for me to handle right now. <clears throat> so I finally broke it out um, on purpose this year. It's a World War One game called uh, To the Last Man, produced by Nuts Publishing, uh, designed by Tim Taylor. And so it's a World War One game. Thought. You know, hundred year anniversary of World War One, or the start of World War One. Might as well break this thing out and play it. Um, so the the rule book's like twenty 
well, it's 16 pages, which I don't know why I thought it was going to be crazy in depth. But then there's another uh, about 16 pa- or 24 page rule book that's attached to it. So I was thinking, man, you know, it's there's more to it than I'm really wanting to play. Yada yada yada. So I finally sit down and read it. And it's actually the exact opposite of of what I was thinking. Um, so the the thing that kind of made me think twice about it is the the armies in the game are counters on the map that then have an associated counter that's off map um, that you then put units into. So the units can be on the map, but generally they're going to be inside of an army off of the map. Does that make sense? Sure. So, so the armies are little triangular counters, um, infantry and cavalry and artillery. They're all little, just regular sized chits that so you have like an army box that they all go into? Yeah, except it's, it's like a card. Or it's, a, it's a counter, but essentially it's a card that you, that you set off. And so just that little bit was thinking, made me think like, this, this is going to be crazy in depth. Um, but it's actually quite the opposite. So the units don't have any, um, any numbers on them. It's, they're just counters. Um, the, it's an area movement, World War One, so, you kind of start off, <clears throat> the turn itself breaks down like this. You can either play a card, it's a, it's a card game, um, it's not really a card-driven game in, in the GMT sense, um, but you have a hand of cards, you can play a card or pass. Um, if you play a card, there's either an offensive card, which all of your armies and all of your units can move, <clears throat> and then they can all attack. Uh, you can play a limited offense card, which everyone can move, but only one can attack, or you can pass, and then one unit can move. And then you do combat. Uh, combat is, you declare all of your combats first, but combat's basically like Hammer of the Scots. It's like a block game. It's insanely easy to do. Everything hits on a one, um, unless they have some modifier making them hit a little bit higher. Um, like siege guns, if they're attacking a fort, uh, which is all they can attack, but siege guns attacking a fort hit on one, two, or three. Um, entrenched artillery hits on one and two if they're firing defensively. But it's just, you roll the dice you need, one's hit, the other guy goes, you go again, because um, the, the combat goes uh, offensive art, artillery, defensive fire, and then offensive fire. So then our, artillery gets to attack again, along with the attacking infantry. Okay. Really straightforward. I mean, it's, <clears throat> you declare it, uh, you say, okay, here's my units, because ideally you're playing with these army counters being hidden so that your, your opponent doesn't know what's actually attacking them or what they're attacking. So you have Because, to, because they don't know what's in the actual army. Right, exactly, because they're, they're supposed to be hidden. The, the game doesn't come with, like, a divider or a screen or anything, so you have to set the box up in a, such a way that you can't see them or whatever. Sure. But really straightforward game. Plays like a breeze. Um, kind of going back to your point, something we talked about when we were talking about the the 40 game. It's not great solitaire because it's a card game. Because you're, like, I know what's in the other hand, no matter how much I try not to. Um, and it's so straightforward that it's not super fun to play. Like, I love playing Hammer of the Scots, but I can't play it solo. Um, part of it's the hidden block thing 
but part of it's just because it's so straightforward, the the mechanism of playing. Uh, so this is kind of like that, but playing face-to-face opposed and even playing on Vassal, um, there's a lot of back and forth, but really it's it's about um, three files per card play. So if I play a card, I play it, I move my guys, I declare my combat, I do my artillery fire, send it, the defender does their defensive fire, sends it back, and then I do my attacking fire. All right, so three files for half of one card play. Not bad, not great either, but... You're talking like a vassal files back, back yeah. and forth? Yeah, 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 play by email. When I Yeah, when I say vassal, I mean play by email almost exclusively, but... Um, great little straightforward game. The artwork on it is absolutely beautiful. Um, the, the counters themselves, it's nuts and battles magazine are somehow interrelated. Yeah, same guy. Is it the same guy? Yeah, Olivier. Yeah. So it has like, their counters are almost like plastic. Like they have Fucking that. Gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. beautiful. Um, the teeny tiny little counters that I rounded off the corners of, but, um, <laughs> the the, the the counter art is pretty straightforward. Um, the the one thing about them that I don't like is the the French and the the British units both use a red, white, and blue rondelle. Um, oh yeah, it's confusing. But it yeah, it's red, white, blue, and then blue, white, red. Right, um, it's confusing. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, it a little yeah. hard to tell what's what. But other than that, everything's beautiful. The cards have actual um like propaganda posters on them and they all look like they're newsprint so they have um newspaper oh i remember this game it's 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 one of those games that looks amazing online i can only imagine in person absolutely beautiful same right yeah the all the component quality is great the the cards are the perfect weight um the perfect stiffness um the the map is beautifully illustrated. The the map itself is pretty much just three colors with boundaries, but the way they've laid it out um, with the charts and the um, the tracks on it, everything just works so well. Everything's laid out so nicely. Um, the triangle triangular counters for the armies are a bit of a sticking point for me because I can't round the corners to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let so it go, man. It kind of let, let it go. Kind of gives nail, me a little nail clippers. Nail a little clippers. Go. Gives me a little twitch. But what I did, just I, I just use an exacto knife and got it <laughs> nice and nice and crisp. Um, but there's yeah, my boy. what's that? I said, "There's my boy." That's right. Um, another great thing about it is there's so many different ways to play it. Um, so there's the core rule book, which is just the 16 pages, very straightforward. Um, but then they have a theater rule book, which kind of expounds on some of that and adds a lot of uh, advanced and optional rules. And this is, I'm not one for advanced rules in general. Um, I don't like to have things outside of where they should be logically in the rules. So then I, I have a hard time processing that. But the way th- these rules just actually make sense. Um, so like the hidden armies is a quote-unquote advanced rules um you can bid for initiative instead of the germans always going first and you're bidding basically how many attacks you're going to do um on your turn um or not on your turn but during the season so each hand of cards is a season 
there's obviously four seasons per year. Um, so you, you play until both players pass. Okay. Are you taking it? My wife's taking my water. What? You're taking water? What the hey? hey. Take it. No, I, yeah, I, she's probably taking your water. Like, hey, don't drink water, you pussy. Water? You're podcasting. Fire? I thought you were with us. I thought it, you were on board. It was to dilute the, the Bloody Mary I was drinking. It was oh, vodka. Okay. There was vodka. Tell him it was vodka. <laughs> now I'm drinking beer. Um, your wife manned you up. I know. She said, give me that water. Give, give me that give me beer. Little, little bitch. <laughs> um, so things like terrain effects, which are very easy to incorporate are part of the advanced rules. So it's definitely something to look into, um, stuff worth playing. But then there's variant scenarios. There's so many different ways to play it. So you can play the historical 1914, 15. You can start wherever. Um, you kind of start at a year and then play the rest of the war out. Um, and it has a weird thing where it, the game either ends at the end of the war in actually 1919, um, or when both players agree to quit, <laughs> which is kind of makes sense and it could be in any game, but it's, yeah. it's a rule. Like, yeah, the game can just be over if you both agree that you're done <laughs> fighting, which concede victory. It, right. I, I kind of got a kick out of, um, but all the different war plans that kind of led up to the war, you can play out. Uh, so it's different optional rules. It, or special rules, they call it. Um, so, you know, Von Moltke, the Elder's Plan, you could play um, Von Waldersee's Plan, uh, Von Schleffen's First Plan, like, just all That's these cool. different ways to play it is really, yeah, do, really cool. Yeah, Jason, do they have, like, does it change during the years, like when the, the Germans start using more, like, stormtroopers yep. and stuff? Yep. Yeah, they That's... come in as, it's it's kind of like a technology um, but uh-huh. it just comes in at a certain time, and then that's available. So um, planes kind of function similarly to um, artillery. Like there's a there's a dogfight if both players have planes in in combat. If not, they function pretty much like artillery. Like they they attack first. Um, the stormtroopers come in, uh, and then you just pay for those with your resource points. At the end of the turn, you you either build new new units or rebuild armies or buy new cards with these resource points. And that's how you would, would build your stormtroopers. Okay. I have a couple questions real quick. Um, Before that, I I just want to reiterate it's if, if you've played hammer of the Scots or um, Richard the third or Julius Caesar, one of those, that's the depth of this. I actually, I put a video up and somebody said, Oh, it looks like 1775, the, the Academy games, which to me was an interesting um, analogy. I, d- I don't think it's quite that light, but it's definitely like a Columbia block game in the in the Hammer of the Scots lineage. Like very straightforward combat. Just do what you're trying to do. Roll some dice and keep going. Hmm. So the armies of the triangles, mm-hmm. and then you have counters that you put in the army boxes. Mm-hmm. What, what's the scale of the units that are going in the army boxes? Like divisions. Um, let's see, the, the rule book addresses this in, let's see. Yeah, it's not, I just, I mean, it's not something, I'm just Probably armies, probably battalions. Core, core? Um, <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> <laughs> Squats. 
Man, it said it. It describes it in a in a funny way. Is there a sense of humor in the rules? Not a sense of humor, but it's very light. Like it's it's not taking itself too seriously, which which I really like. I get that impression. Like if for and that's something that battles and and nuts kind of has to offer. They're very cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky. Yes. For lack of a better term, and I appreciate that about them, and I like that about them. They don't take it too seriously. Yeah, they make a lot of jokes, and I like that. They deliver a good, a good, a good overall experience. Maybe a regiment? I don't know. Okay, no, I was just curious. So, I mean, like in a typical army box, how many counters are you gonna have in there? Um, it it differs. Like the the Germans can have, I think some of them are like six um, infantry. Whereas the French are like four, um, the Belgians I think it's one. <laughs> the Belgians have one infantry <laughs> unit. Um, oh shit! The the Americans I think are five. The British are four. Um, and then the artillery that you can put in. So there's f- like four boxes for infantry, and then there would be four boxes that you could have auxiliary units like infantry, uh, cavalry, uh, siege guns, that kind of thing. And, and this but is the this fights the whole Western Front. Yeah. Yep. Um, so generally, how do the like do the Germans have certain victory conditions, or there's objectives? It's yeah, like it's, victory it's, points for objectives. Or? Yeah, it's objective areas, um, and then the the Eastern Front is kind of abstracted out. They get victory points for every I think five units they send to the Eastern Front. Um, oh, because they're helping against the Russians. That's yeah, smart. exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's victory points, and it's one of those games where just the Germans are getting victory points, and as the um, as the Entente takes victory points back, it's just a minus okay. to to the Germans. Um, but so like Paris is six. There's a couple. Um, there's a couple two spaces, and then mostly just ones. That sounds cool. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the cards. They looked awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's it, it amazed me how easy it was to play. So you know, it's not. If you're a Paths of Glory player, this probably isn't gonna gonna hit it for you. Or if you're a 1914 player, this certainly isn't gonna hit it for you because it's not even hexes. Um, but just as a light, uh, and it, it doesn't have a ton of flavor. Like th- there's not really events like a lot of card-driven games. It's offensive and poison gas cards and, and things like that. Um, oh, because I thought with the newspapers that would be like they'd be more flavorful. The, the art is flavorful, um, but the events aren't really. There's a couple, um, like here's one, Tout Le Monde à la Batille. Uh, all players any year allow all units to move and units may initiate battles in combat. Um, and then there's another for the Entente player starting from the spring of 1918. It has another f- function. So it, it's basically an offensive card with a, another small function. Based on the oh. time, so it's okay. Not... So, so while the cards look like newspapers and they're colorful, the, the actual information or what they let you do yep. doesn't add much flavor to the game, right? Yep. So it doesn't have that that flavorful event, but the way the game plays out actually hits that World War One hmm. spot. Like it's it's very push and pull, and even if you break out an opening, it's not World War Two where you're going to break out of that opening. You really need to keep your your line in place um even if a hole does open up you kind of have to still spread it out 
Um, cause if you break through it, they're just going to cut you off from supply right away. Cause it's at such a high strategic level, um, mm. that you can't, there aren't breakouts like that. It's, it's very kind of grinding it out. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, very light, right at my level. Um, I like the, don't, don't sell yourself to... short, Jason. <laughs> I like him light and easy to play. So, uh, when the 10, what would you give it? Um, I think I've given it a seven and a half, um, which is about right for me. That's kind of where I put games I, that's good. I really like. Um, it's not, well, I'm, I was about to rattle off a bunch of solo games, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's, it's one that I want to keep playing. So maybe it should be up in a, at an eight because I, I want to play it more. I want to keep playing it. Make it an eight, dude. Just run. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it an eight. Yeah. Let's uh, not, let's not, let's not be stingy. <laughs> Beers wise, it's probably a ten. I mean, it's wow. it's pretty easy to play. Everything you need to play it is right on the map. Once you get it set up um, and kind of know where things are, especially if you're not playing hidden, then it's super easy to play because you can make your decisions a little bit faster, uh, knowing what forces you're up against. But even hidden, I think it would be, uh, I guess, maybe easier because it doesn't matter. You're going to attack and kind of come what may. And, you know, we give beer rankings, you know, so we might say, hey, it's a 10, okay? So some of you guys might be like, well, that sounds like a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm at a 9 right now, so Whoa. <laughs> I think I could just sit down and play yeah. this game and we'd be fine. I think, I think from the sound of your voice, we probably could. Yeah, I've been <laughs> drinking Bloody Mary since 11, so. Oh, God. Nice. <laughs> I better catch up. Yeah, Lucas, you better up your game. Hey, guest oh. hosts, if yeah, you guess, get the guest call, hosts, <laughs> got to set, set the pace. When you get that up. email brunch reminder to Raise start the drinking the Bloody Marys, yeah. we mean it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. so to put it in French terms, it's a bottle of wine. Complexity. Bottle of wine. Nice. One bottle. Yeah. <clears throat> Not like you drink the bottle to your dome and then break it on the ground and say, what's next? Yeah. But like, just like you sip it. Like what kind of bottle? Yeah, nice and, nice and laid back. Well, Jason knows his wine too. I do. He does know his wine. I do. So, uh, I'm not a World War One guy, so I, I know you guys, I always hear you guys talking about World War One and it's kind of a wargaming period that leaves me a little cold. Really? Yeah. I see a bunch of units slugging into each other yeah. along a front line. I don't see a lot of opportunity for any kind of, like when you get a game, it's kind of cool if you have a, a game that's, there's some decisions to be made strategically. It seems like, to some extent, World War One is going to be guys smashing into each other. Yeah, yeah, but this, it, isn't that the nature war. of all war games? Yeah, but some of them, there's. Do you do the right hook, or do you do? You know, there are some like Chickamauga's not guys just smashing into each other. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I so what attracts you guys to World War One games? For me, it's not. Uh, in Eastern Front is different. I have a very specific reason that I'm attracted right. to them. The, the East is different because it's there is room for maneuver in the East. But the West, I'm confused about. Go ahead, Lucas. Well, uh, for me, for me, okay, so like one of the kind of underrepresented um, regions in war games, I feel, is the Balkans. So um, I know that there's Tito. And I know that there's, um, I just got picked up War on Television. I haven't played it yet because I'm still kind of wishy-washy about, okay, this is not really happened. It's a theoretical <laughs> war. So I'm still, it's, uh, I've got it punched. I've read the rules. I'm ready to set it up. It's just in, it's in the queue. 
Um, but I read this really good book by Misha Glennie about the Balkans, and I recommend it to all the readers. Um, just a very fascinating history of the region from like the late 1800s till now. Um, just totally fucked up, and um, all of the, all of the uh, the different elements that I learned from from that book um, made me really want to game that area. And, and so, in World War One, you do get some Balkan action. Oh and yeah, so, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah. Some Balkan action. So I, I'm all about the Balkans. Like that's like hands down. If a game comes out about the Balkans, I will buy that shit. Like I will. Um, so for me, for World War One, I, I mean that that's some. I mean obviously, and for obvious reasons, right? I mean the Balkans were kind of at the heart of that. Not that that's why they fought, but that's kind oh, of like no. The, okay, so let me, let me point, so, so I get that, but I'm saying Western Front. Fuck the Western Front. <laughs> so you're not into Western. Front. No, fuck that. No, I'm about the Eastern Front. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I get I get the Eastern Front, and the yeah. Austrians had offensives against yeah. the Serbs, and there's Carpathians, all sorts of cool. Balkans, yeah, there's all sorts yeah, of cool, cool fighting there. Western the Western Front, front yeah. I don't get. It's like watching Disney. Like Jason, is that basically what it is? Like the units just kind of slam into each other. I am. I I would not say I'm a World War One guy. Okay, but in, I this have, game, in this game that you're talking about, is that what happens? They kind of they they start off already smashed together. Um, and they continue to grind it out. Yes. Um, I mean, is it one of these games where you're like, "Hey, I rolled six sixes. I rolled, broke through." You Woo-hoo! want six? You want six ones? But yes, oh, six ones. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, break through." <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of that push and pull and, and trying to figure out where to put the resources. It's it's pretty abstract, um, and I, I think that's either you're crazy detailed with World War One with that. Um, Shit, I'm not gonna name, remember the name of the... Der Weltkrieg. Yeah, yeah. That or 1914. One. Or it's at this super high level. Um, I wanna play this super high level where it's just kind of playing it out as a game. I'm, I, I've read, um, Guns of August and, uh, right. Dread, Dreadnought. I, I'm interested in the political aspect of World War One. Yes. Um, but I think from a Western Front war game, there's probably not a ton there. I don't, after playing this, I think, Maybe I'd be interested in like 1914, but in general, this is going to stra- scratch the World War One itch for me. Well, I think so I'm, I'm, I'm right. the wrong person to to talk about that because I I don't really give two shits either. No, I think it. I think that's good for like player like me. You can play it, but it's not going to be too much time invested. Right. I'm not going to play a monster game about yeah. World War One. Like, oh, it's, like, it's 2014. Let's play a World War One game. This plays in probably yeah. two to three hours. Perfect. Right. Let's let's do it. That's well, cool. that that's the game I'm waiting for. Is 1914 Serbia Must Die coming out mm-hmm. soon? I'm waiting for that one. But uh, just as a, as a side note, um, I, there's another podcast I have to plug right now. It's called. It's called IWM Voices of the First World War. It's the Imperial War Museum. Oh, that's um, it's a really cool podcast. It's actually uh, recordings of interviews with people who are in World War One, experienced it, saw people going off to war, experienced the war. I'm just naming off a couple: German Spring Offensive, Logistics of War, Weapons of War, Christmas at War, and it's actual um, voice interviews with people who were there. Super fascinating podcast. Cool. So, like, I highly recommend it. And there's no opinions, no. Uh, uh, any kind of it, it's it's like it's almost like straight archival shit. Definitely check that out if That's you cool. have any interest in it because it's fascinating. So. What's the name again? It's the IWM uh, Voices of the First World War. 
and it's it's on iTunes. It's a podcast, and and they're short. You know, they're like twenty minutes long, um, but just tons of episodes. Very cool podcast. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, now so Jason, the 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 game I'm hoping that you uh, you're going to review for next podcast, Ambush. Uh, I'll see if I can get there. I'm, I'm actually not joking. I'm, I'm actually very <clears throat> curious. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be next podcast. Um, it's high up on the list. Next is going to be Luftschiff, another World War One game. The Zeppelins in World War One. Oh. Yeah. How did you know this existed? Could you please spell it? Uh, L U F T S C H I F F. Luft. Luftschiff. Well, like a, Luft like an airship, airship, yeah, right? Exactly. Got it. Yeah. It's a Phil Eklund game, so super crazy, oh. dense rules. Um, but I got it on Wait. Consum World for like Some... five bucks. Just Sierra, Sierra Madre? Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Uh, yep. I, I am, uh, I am all about that guy. That guy's awesome. Yep. And that's something I really want to talk about. I have to go pee so bad and refill my beer. Go pee. Go. All right. I'm going to put it on pause, but that raises a very important Topic for no, no, you're not putting on a pause. You're you're just shutting your mic off. Oh, yeah, that's okay. what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue. Now, this is gonna be worst slash best. I don't know. <laughs> and, and again, I stand by that 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 high rating. Reviews are very very subjective. So now that Lucas has turned his mic off, a quick it's evaluation of this podcast. So, I, can hear, I can hear you. <laughs> Actually, I gotta go too. So, no. pause. <laughs> all, right. all right, I gotta find the button now. You're our tech expert. I know. Hey, hey, how's the re- how'd the reversal work? Is it all done? Yeah, I can finally come again, which is nice. Nice, um, sweet. It's been about a week. Have you had to give a sample yet? Uh, that's tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Should be fun. Ah, <sighs> uh, worst procedure ever yeah. in the world. Yeah. It, it actually hurt less this time than the first, than getting it actually done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go get a beer. All right, back. I guess I should have waited for everyone to come back. Canix, read that shit out for yourself when you buy it. Can right. I tell you about it? I agree. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back, fucker. We'll stop talking about him. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, um, there's there's a couple things. There's a couple things that this brings up. This Phil Eklund business. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't even I don't even know who this guy is. Okay, so this uh, is the guy who Sierra Madre Games. Um, and, and, and why why it brings it up is because we're we're talking about cards with um, uh, fuck to the last man. Mm-hmm. Now. Well, just as an aside, I mean, yeah, Battles Magazine, Nuts Publishing, they're really, whoever does their um, graphic art, I mean, they're really they're very good. Yeah. It's beautiful shit. Like, it's really gorgeous. The typefaces, like a mildly distressed typeface on Flowers <laughs> of the Forest, just beautiful, beautiful artwork. Um, good sense of humor. Are you a graphic Can't, designer? I'm, I'm uh, mildly in my spare time. No. Kind of, not really. Like, I would never call myself that. But, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I did a lot of drawing. I have really good handwriting. I can draw and that kind of stuff. What are you and, writing and, with these days? 
the the Lamy Safari. Still? Yeah. Yeah, still, yeah. Sticking I have a black up. one, a white one, and a silver Oh, for one. fuck's sake, will you get back to talking about all right, the actual right, guy? Sorry, 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 Um, so, so, um, Phil, it, wait, did you get that ink I recommended? Uh, I've been, I've been playing around with a couple. I got a Noodler's ah, Nib Creeper. No, no. Uh, it's a nice little $14 flux pen. Not it. No, bulletproof. Yeah. Bulletproof, son. I've had it for two years and I write a lot. Like, bulletproof Noodler's Ink. Okay. So, Phil Eklund, he does Sierra Madre games. Um, it's Pax Porifiana. Am I pronouncing that right? Porifiana. Mm-hmm. Or Porfiriana. Porfiriana, yeah. Porfiriana. Um, <clears throat> so it, it, this is a game I picked up recently. It's Phil Eklund, Sierra Madre games. Also, the guy who does, uh, Luftschiff, which is now on my radar. Um, but anyways, it, it kind of raises a question with To the Last Man of, of the place that cards have in, in war games. And, and to me, I feel like with Pax Porfiriana, like it really nailed it. I mean, it is a card game above all else, but I feel like every single game, uh, every single card you play, that event or or the uh, action on the card is a, a rich historical event with text about it, and the action you take is related to that historical event. Mm-hmm. And and that to me was a fascinating part of this game. Is that and there's like 400 of them, right? And he there's like so it's like the deck is like 50 plus 10 for each player. And I think there's like a hundred and seven. I mean, every, every game is different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's enough to keep it interesting, but I just really liked that about that particular game is that it was just so rich in context and every action you take with every card you use is meaningful and, and historical. And, and it, it makes sense. Me, like it just, I was like, what the hell? Like that is so cool. Um, because sometimes I, I have these really cool historical events and I burn them for ops and I'm just like, <laughs> like, what did I yeah. learn? Historical events. And it doesn't tell you the context and you have to look it up in the player book. But, but in the, the case of this game, it's, it's something I think that people should take note of. Like if they're designing games, like the, the, the rich experience you get with, with packs, it, it's unlike anything I've experienced, but it also makes me appreciate other card driven games more. And I kind of got in this kick where I was playing those. Um, it's cool when a game can kind of teach you about the history of the war that you're fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that just kind of brought up, I mean, what do you guys think in terms of, I mean, because there's card driven games, there's hex encounter games, there's kind of a mix of both. Like, how do you guys feel about cards? Do you think that you enjoy those games? Do you think that, I mean, kind of what's your impression? Well, I think Kingdom of Heaven does a great job. Of oh, teaching yeah. you about the different crusades through the cards. I mean, the cards are a critical part of the game. So, yeah, I think it's good. I like it. That's the advantage of cards, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, I tend to like games with cards in them. Um, I, I feel like I shouldn't, um, but I really do. But I, I do have an issue, kind of like what you're talking about, is when I, like Twilight Struggle this thing I want to happen, but really it makes more sense for me to play it for the ops so that my opponent can then eventually have to play it and then I get the event. I don't like that aspect. So like the coin games, all those events make sense to play, um, and they're maybe not as historically tied as something like Kingdom of Heaven. But actually getting to play the card for the event is something I enjoy uh, more than that struggle of ops versus event kind of kind of situation 
Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that too about coin. That's one thing I appreciate about it. Like those cards are meaningful and kind of the focal point of the turn. And you really do get a sense like some kind of extra dimension to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do like that when games have that. So that, that, that's, that's nice. I mean, I think it's also as a player, sometimes it takes the pressure off of you because the event is sometimes the yep. obvious play. Exactly. So you're yep. like, I'm playing the event. Yep. Dude. I'm done. Yeah. There you go. Just yep. King, King of chance. Heaven is fun that way. Like, you play those events. Like, remember that one time we played and it was like, I just kept playing event, event, event and fucked you up. Like, pretty bad. Just with events on the defensive. Yeah, and I don't I, know if I might have blocked out. That <laughs> doesn't, yeah. that doesn't come to mind. My I'm last s- memory is that sure I'm that in Jerusalem. <laughs> no, no, no. Jerusalem. That wasn't the game I'm talking about. It was the one before that. <laughs> no, I agree. I like. I think the events. Uh, there, there is kind of sometimes a bias against CDGs, and part of yes. it, I think, is because reviewers, uh, most reviewers, frankly, are solo players. Yeah. So they don't like CDGs because you don't get the feel for a CDG-driven game. Um, I don't well CDG-driven. I don't know yeah. if that's proper grammar. It, it, is, it is not. That was, that was a C- a CDG. It's about it. Don't worry. I like <laughs> you, you don't get the right feel for a CDG unless you're playing against somebody else, or even in a game like Conflict of Heroes where you have cards. There's that's a big true. difference when you play against oh, a good Conflict opponent. Yeah, that card in your Oh fuck. You gotta have cards. You so, gotta have the card. Once you lose a card, you lose leverage. It's, yeah, the game's over. The game, you're giving up everything. All the, all the yeah, war is over. Half the so, shit you can do, you can't do. Yeah. And like, I played For the People. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, and, well, I, and I was a big fan of the Civil War, the old victory game. I used yeah. to play it all the time as a kid. I actually think I liked For the People more because I thought the events really added something to the game. Well, and that's something I did recently uh, in, in preparation for GMT West. I've been playing all the learning all the games we're going to be playing. And um, I played, I soloed Washington's War just to get a feel for the mechanics. And, you know, I would kind of forget what was in each hand um, and then play them. But I still really enjoyed the game. I mean, just learning it. Like, I was like, wow, I, I really, it's an enjoyable experience with these events. Mm-hmm. And the ops cards are just ops cards. You know what I mean? And I kind of liked that about that one was that I don't have to choose, oh, do I get to go do this, like, cool historical event or use three. Like, what does that even mean? It's like you get ops cards and events. And I like that kind of dichotomy. That's cool. But, yeah. Pax, uh, you got, I, I'm, I'm saying you should call in sick to your wife on Sunday, Dave, so you can play yeah, Pax no, with us on Saturday. She night. is absolutely expecting me home in the <laughs> evening on Saturday. Just call in <laughs> sick, dude. Just call in sick. Absolutely. There's something yeah, wrong so, with my uh, eyes. So, so what Lucas is talking about is we're going out to the, a bunch of us are going out to the GMT West convention in, uh, Hanford, California on the 26th that yeah. weekend. So soon. I'm stoked. I got all four days off. Last time I only went two days. So. And, and we, uh, most of us, uh, will be wearing our podcast gear so you'll be able to see us. <laughs> nice. Uh, I know I saw Braxton's lame, uh, posing of his. Hey, hey, hey. T-shirt. Let's not say things we can't take back. No, no, it's not the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a little glimpse of his collection. His collection is impressive. Like, well, that dude like, has got a mad collection, dude. I wasn't sure if he was wearing the T-shirt or if he had, did he pull it over the back of a chair. What was that? I just all I saw was this long T-shirt. Yeah, he, he did it. He did it. He, 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 yeah, I think it was a selfie. I would call it a hashtag selfie. <laughs> hashtag selfie, hashtag no makeup. How many, how many things, how many times do you think you took that photo before you felt he got it right? 
Oh, probably at least once. three. Probably twice. He's like, oh, too much face. Got to get rid of the face. <laughs> ah, it's a good picture. But <laughs> Jason, Jason's a fun guy. He's a, he's a cool guy. Um, no, yes, we I love am. Braxton. We love Braxton. Bra- Braxton. Hey, it's Braxton. Braxton Bragg. I just, I finally got him into great campaigns, which was like, I literally would harass this poor guy. I'd be at work, like kind of a little bored. I'd be like, did you play yet? Did you play yet? <laughs> Fucking play, dude. Play. Stop clipping the counters. Just play. And like he finally started playing and, and he's, he loves it. Cause I mean, Braxton obviously is a Civil War fan. I mean, he's, his name is Braxton on the guild and, right. or on PGG. And I was like, you would love this. Play it. Just play yeah, it's a great it. Great it's so good. And, and I actually texted him one day. I was like, do you think that you'll ever settle down with just one game and have enough? <laughs> no, literally, I'm like not shitting you. Like that's what I texted him. I was like, is there, are you ever going to find the one? You know what I mean? No way. No, I was like, because I think I did. I think I might have. Great if campaigns. You, if you guys were gay, you would be two really happy war gamers. You guys would just <laughs> live together, war game all the time. <laughs> but, you, but I don't know. I have great campaigns I might settle down with. I, I That's one game that really, really caught my attention. My only problem is it's only one side of the war. Yeah. They haven't but, really gone anywhere else. so that's They're the, working on it. They're working on it. My game now is Le Batale. Yeah, that game's fun, dude. I, gotta, I am, I am pretty hooked. I gotta is say, that, is that the one you're gonna marry? You're gonna put a ring on it? If you I love think so. It, it could be. It, wow. could, it be. could be the one. That's serious. But we're not seeing the, the game, the system. You would marry. I would system. marry the system. You would marry uh, that system. Not the game. I the mean, the system. game. I love. I love the no, game. No, 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 no. The game. It's not you. You marry the system. Not <laughs> the I would marry the system. You would marry the system. I think I might. I'm thinking now, about proposing. I might. If I marry the system, can I be with all the games? Yes, of course. That's why you marry the system because you sister wives over time. <laughs> no, it's not polygamy. <laughs> it's different facets of the same beautiful creature. Because when I, like, I'm playing, I'm playing Muscawa solo, and uh, you oh. know, I'm, I'm playing the whole thing, and I'm just like. Oh wait! I can send these Cossacks around and start fucking with French. I'm like, oh wait, hold a sec. Then I'll send these French cavalry up there to fuck with those Cossacks. And then I said, oh my god, I can. I'm going to move the R- Russian reserve artillery over to this side. And then, oh, that opened up this, and so now the French Third Corps can take it. I'm like playing both sides of this game. And then I flip Ney over. They've got the Ney counter, and he's like a 12 morale, eight infantry. I'm like. Dude, you're a stud. You're leading that attack. So I just attack with all those guys. And they, the French Third Corps busts through the Russian lines, just fucks up all the French. And then they get through and they're like, we won. And they're staring at like an entire Russian heavy cavalry corps <laughs> that then just charges them and blasts them all the way out. But then I had follow-up French. Yeah, it's just like you start to get the feel for that game where initially you're like, oh, well, which unit can shoot? Who's on top? And as you get <laughs> used to that, then you start getting understanding what the counters mean, what the numbers mean on the backs, and then you start getting used to the tactical matchups, and then you start getting a feel for, I'm going to send this core in, and that core probably doesn't have the strength to win there, so then I need this other core moving up the back. You you know, you start to get this larger strategic view of the battlefield because you start to understand the capabilities, not just the battalions, but the divisions. And it's it's uh, phenomenal. No, it's it's a beautiful thing. It I'm sounds like it. you have a really good thing going. You know, horses, <laughs> cavalry charges, they get exhausted, they bounce <laughs> off of each other, they're oh. tired, and then other fresh cavalry comes and slams into them. Like, dude, we're not even rested yet. Oh, they get fucking rolled over. 
It's great. Great fun. And the, but the more time you spend with it, the more you learn and you get, you get oh, yeah. to know this system and you grow with it and it surprises you. And yeah, it's it, a great, it's a it's great. It's a beautiful thing. It's a and, beautiful and one, thing. And one of the nicest things too is I'm playing solo and one of the dangers of playing solo is. Don't get, invite another partner. No. <laughs> no, no, that's, don't, that's, don't ruin it. Don't no, ruin it. Don't nail. share her with anyone else. That's the danger of masturbation. Don't <laughs> invite partner in. The, uh, the danger of, of solo wargaming is you you can have misconceptions about the rules. Yeah. Because yeah. you're the only one interpreting them. Because like I played adva- uh, the uh, a World of War game with Mike the Duck once, and I had like attrition combat totally wrong. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I played this a bunch of times, and he's like, no, that's not how it works. And I realized, holy shit, you're right, I've been playing it wrong the whole time. Because you're the only guy reading it. Sometimes it's better not to know. Don't but, care but, your vibe. But the, the nice thing with La Batale is, I can get on BGG, I, I, I fire off like six questions, like, hey, I think this is how this works, correct? Terry Darty in like a day is on it, boom, 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 answers yeah. all the shit. I love, so, I, I love that about this hobby. I mean, that's how it has to be. Like, I didn't right. like when Franco-Prussian War, uh, when people would ask questions about it, uh, Alan, Alan Emmerich, the VPG guy, would get on speaking for Joe Miranda. Oh, I talked to Joe and he says this. Or mm-hmm. I talked, it was kind of glib. I'm like, why doesn't Joe get his ass on the fucking thing? Joe's a busy guy. People a- paid a lot of, but people paid a lot of fucking money for these games. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. If, well, if, are you on Consum World yet? Have you no, made the jump? Never. It's Never. not that bad. It is that Never bad. Happen. It's not that bad. It's not that Never bad. Happen. It's previous, kinda... previous, older, newest, yeah. not going. No. <laughs> I go to the convention. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the one thing I like about Concept World is that's where uh, the designers are. So, you know, they, they're good about answering questions. Yeah, and... hey, if you, if you don't want to attract any new gamers to your game system, stay off BGG. Because <laughs> all the new people are on BGG. If yeah. you looked at the BGG Moscow thing... Yeah. I am, I'm like all the rules questions. I'm probably yeah, 90. You are. Rules oh, you are. And the session reports. And but when new guys come on and they're like, "Hey, I want to try this game," and they're on BGG. Oh, no, no, tomorrow. Look right. Like useless cool function. There. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get on that single thread that's every single rule set associated with La Batale. Oh, yeah. oh no, I'm talking about regs, or I'm talking about Marie. Lou, whatever. I just go to BGG. If you're a designer and you don't go to BGG and you don't answer the questions. You're gonna sh- miss out. You're missing out on new gamers. And, and shame on you because these new gamers are the ones that let you have that as a part-time or full-time occupation. So, uh, as as far as this podcast, I don't get paid for this shit. So I can say whatever I want, and that's it. In fact, I'm happy with the way it is now. We, we like the guys that are listening. We like the guys. We've met a lot of great friends. This podcast I'm, kicks ass. It's the we're best not trying for gaming ever. We're not trying to rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> So no, but, but but my obligation. I don't, I don't have people, that kind of energy. My obligation to people who listen is is very small because <laughs> they get it for free, you know. Like yeah. these people, you're paying a hundred and ten dollars for a fucking war game. That's a lot yeah. of money. That's a lot yeah, of money. no, that is a, that is an important distinction. Like if someone has a problem with my review, who cares? Money back guarantee. Sorry, you bought a cool game. It's too bad. You know what I mean? But like, if I design a game and the rules aren't tight, like, yeah, I guess it is kind of on me to answer that question and foster a community and make people feel like the designer is involved and, and, and does want to help. And I think certain designers are better about that than others. 
And Some you, are it, very responsive. Like, and it, it can't it, be it, that people are too busy because Adam Starkweather, he gets on and answers questions. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a machine. Well, that's what's cool about this hobby. That's one unique thing. If a, if a, if an author writes a book, they're only going to be bothered to talk to like fucking the New Yorker magazine or, or some, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to talk to the reader, the individual reader who poses right. a question. Right. But these are, these are guys who put a lot of effort, research, work and thought into these games and, and they're right there answering questions and that kind of, um, interactivity I think is a unique thing about this. And I would almost venture to call it like, on a level of a book or, or, or a movie or music. Like these are people creating legit stuff and, and they're still so active in the community. Like that's not something you see. You know what I mean? Like you can't like write into like your favorite band and be like, dude, why did you um, equalize those snares? So <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to tell you, well, because I thought the dullness would let the symbol. No, that, that's true. You know but I mean? but, like, we're, but we're talking about guys who make a set of rules, right? So they're, yeah. they're writing rules. So if you don't play it a certain way, it's important to play it the way they intended if you want to have the experience, absolutely. right? So yeah, you really, it's more like an instruction manual. You're asking a guy, hey, you said to twist it this way. Is that, you mean to twist it that way? And the guy's like, Fuck, figure it out yourself. You're like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, <laughs> house rule it. <laughs> I mean, and I do house rule some stuff, but I think yeah. when you're, when you're solo. It's a trap uh, you get into when you're solo. Like, I have an open question on beta foam that I posed this morning. No one's answered it yet. I'm a little distraught. And it's a super stupid question. But like, at the same time, like, it, it affects the gameplay in, in a way. Well, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not talking about like, I'm not going to get on and argue with some guy about like no, you should no, design this cavalry unit this way. I'm just I asking. Just tell me which way, which way, one or the other. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, you, you had an idea in your head of how I was supposed to do this. I want to be sure I'm doing it the way you want me to do it. Absolutely. And, and in the end, uh, if you don't agree with it, just do it your way. <laughs> exactly. Like, right? as, long I mean, as, like, fits, as long as it fits the overall kind of thrust of the game. As, as long as it's not gamey or ahistorical, usually it's right, you know? Well, I, and I came from miniature wargaming. I think miniature wargamers tend to be much more house rule driven because right. you get the rules. You don't get counters, right. a map, anything. Basically, you get a set of rules, and then you a lot of times develop the battlefield yourself, the scenario, the strengths, all that stuff. You paint everything. So by that time, you're like, "Well, that rule's stupid. We're not doing it that way." You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so I'm much quicker to house rule, but I've seen guys get into these long threads where they argue back and forth over whether they, if you think the rule's wrong, dude, you own the fucking game. Like, the, the designer's not going to show up at your house and fucking yell at you for doing it. <laughs> He's well. not going to sue you. <laughs> so, I don't know. Right. That's a little but anyway, so Moscow is going great. I'm thrilled <laughs> it's going with great. it. Good relationship. You haven't put a ring on it yet, but it's cool. I, I am. I am considering buying Quattro okay. Bra because I need more markers. Dress Day. What about Dress Day? That's coming out. No, I need more markers. What about the one you're going to design? I need them now. Oh yeah, I'm looking at, at maybe trying to fill around with it to design it for the Franco question mark. I'm looking at. No, I don't want to do that because I don't want to get criticized by all the assholes like me who are BGG. Right. <laughs> well, design just wait. Just wait until it, it's ready. Um, it could be Lavatau could be redesigned for 1870 or 1866. I think. Don't with don't let it. Don't, be careful. People might be listening. They might steal your idea. I have a top secret game idea. I'm not telling nobody. 
Well, I'm not planning on really making money or possibly even planning on doing it. So, <laughs> oh, I'm not planning on not making money, but doing it. But it's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's, don't, don't say no, I'm not. Well, no, no. I don't even and, think Hexasim knows. And for all the listeners out there too, I think Hexasim is no longer shipping to the United States. So do GMT. not order any Hexasim games until after GMT West. Yeah, yeah, get it at GMT West. So I'd say, yeah. GMT West, if you're there, you can buy them there. Otherwise, I would suggest everyone not buy Hexasim games until the GMT West convention. GMT West yeah. is going to be awesome. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not there, why are, and you live in like close, why are you not there? Come hang out with us. It'll be fun. Yeah, seriously. It's going to be so, really cool. It is funny. I've seen guys from this local area who are board gamers, uh, join the guild. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know who they are. Yeah, I wish there was local board gamers. It's me and Braxton in Santa Cruz County. It's crazy. <laughs> We're the only ones. What about Rodvik? Is he up in San Francisco? Is he really? Yeah, he's in San Francisco. I didn't realize he was that close. Rodvik, if you're listening, hit us up, dude. Hit him up. Come on. Let's play some games. Game Castle with a K. It's in San Jose, halfway there. Let's meet you there. Friday night, something, whatever. Um, yeah, all the, all the gamers here, all the game stores here, there's like three game stores, it's all Euros, which is fine. I'm thinking about going to their open game nights and setting up a table and like writing, like just with a stack of games, being like, like, like write a sign that says recruiting or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just like offer to teach these poor children who are like misguided by Magic the, I don't know what they play, Magic the Gathering. I, like I the used Warhammer, to do, I used to do that like stuff that. all like, the time. I'm gonna go start recruiting, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I used to do that stuff all the time because I had buddies with miniature wargaming who'd be like, oh, we have to recruit this new generation. Uh, and I was with HMGS out here, the Historical Miniature Gaming Society. And so we would, I'd run these big games and I was like, oh, every time I'd be like, I'm never fucking doing that again. What a disaster that was. But that's the thing. Like the, one of my um, gaming buddies, uh, I've been friends with him forever and um, not really a gamer, not a war gamer, but he picks them up really quick and we played a ton of games together. Hammer the Scots, Indian Abyss, Great Campaigns, Twilight Struggle, like all the games I've played. I played with, with my buddy Adam and it's like, I think there's so many gamers in our generation who would love war games if they knew they existed. Well, isn't that your third, third guy? So you not live in your area? No, I moved away, but he'll be back for the summer. So, but yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my like other regular gaming buddy. And, and I feel like there's kind of this, like, and I've thought about this often, actually, like, okay, there's, there's and then why by generation, I mean, kind of, I'm, I'm, how old are you guys? You guys are in your 30s, right? I'm in my 40s. I'm okay. in my 30s. So we're kind of that, we're not those fucking plugged in, whatever, what <laughs> generation fucking all about me. You know what I mean? Like, we're right. generation X, generation Y. Well, like, I used We grew up before cell phones and Facebook. Um, but yeah, but you, you, into this, you, you, know? you go out to these events, like maybe you're there with some dads or something. The guy's like, yeah, I read this, but you're, you see a guy maybe with a military history book. And you're like, Hey, you into military history? <laughs> like, you, you start oh. doing like, pretty <laughs> dance. He's like, Hey, I'm not into swinging. You're like, no, no, I'm not about working. <laughs> but I, I've had that where like, I, uh, I thought I hooked a guy. Like there's a guy that I know, uh, in my social circle who's yeah. always, always, I would, when I would have a big St. Patrick's Day party, I'd set up, uh, like Antietam, the Charge yeah. of the Irish Brigade, and have all that up in miniature, all on my table, and all the dudes would be in there. I thought it'd be cool for the kids, but it would end up being all the fathers would be in there drinking beers, checking out the game. And, uh, so the guy's like, oh yeah, no, I used to play it like this, and I used to play this type of game, and I'm like, 
Okay, cool. Like he's like, hey, so he, so he was really, he's like, do you like Axis and Allies? And I'm like, mm. I'm like, that game fucking sucks, dude. Dude, you gotta work with that. No, that's <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do it. That's I couldn't okay. do it. If someone I couldn't says do Chris, it. if someone says Triple if someone says Axis and Allies, say yes, that's awesome. I, like, I have some games like that. He goes, he goes, oh, well, I said, no, dude, come over to my place. Come back two weeks from now. We'll set up a game. I got some great games. You're gonna love me. He's like, all right, cool. So, dude never calls me. So I'm like, fuck this. So, uh, so I'm, I'm hook up with him like a year later. We're at a pool party or something. I run into him and he starts hitting me up about the fucking war game. And I'm like, oh no, we've been down this road before. Like I've been. Bur-. He's like, so he's like, he's like, yeah, no, I like. He goes, he only wants you when you've been when he's been drinking. I've <laughs> <laughs> been in that he, relationship. He that dude. He stood me up Booty a call. second time. <laughs> what? And then when I called, he called me, he's like, hey, yeah, he said something like, I bought like the newest version of Axis. This guy wanted just somebody to play Axis and Allies with, or I don't know what the fucking, he bought some version of Axis and Allies, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. No, that's an opening, you have to work with that. You can't chase that much. Like, I was like, I'm done. You gotta work with it, you gotta work with it. I mean, that's, that's good, that's a good, I'm I'm not that desperate. Yeah. No, but like that's like my cousins, my my friends, friends of like you know, because you'll go. My girlfriend has friends. And we'll go and I'll hang out with the husbands and the and the the boyfriends and and like you know introduce them to different games and and it's like there's a lot of people out there who are interested in it, but there's this huge problem and that problem is that I have not solved. How do you offer somebody the complexity, the historical element? The excitement and the, the, the thing that makes war games awesome in one sitting that doesn't overwhelm them, but right. doesn't water it down and make it like baby food and super right. boring. And it's that, kind of an impossible that's why, hurdle. That's why I bought Victory Denied because I felt like I didn't have a that's good it. intro war game for a guy to sit down and play with me. But the other thing you gotta use to, too, if you're gonna go out and recruit people is, you have to get past the, when they say, they see your giant table, whatever, with all your miniatures, or your huge game, and they're like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's like Risk. No. You're like, you're like no, it's not. what the, you want to be like, no. what the fuck? Well, you have to say, yes, 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 it's like Risk, but, yes, but, is yeah, in the... <laughs> yes, it's like Risk, but it's a little more complex. I will not like, whore myself yeah. out to those people. Like, yes, but no fucking magic, you asshole. It's historical. No, exactly. Yes, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but there's no magic. But it's nothing like it. <laughs> but it's nothing like it. There's it no doesn't matter. Like people like to hear yes. It's like, yeah, it's an RPG. Take out the but, R and the P. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, it's like an RPG, but it's better. Uh-uh. You can work so with this. Funny. So funny. You can work with this. Don't get all content world on me. Come on. Oh, we need dude. These we need I've been, wait, I need to go so these, previous. I've been in so many of these conversations where they're like, oh, yeah, that's just like Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, oh, oh my gosh, you know what was one of the funnest experiences I had this month playing games? What? Cards Against Humanity. Oh, that's, that's not a, that's not a war game. Yeah, it's not, not a war game. It made me laugh so hard I cried. You had a really good time. Okay, it, was, it has a, it has a card with AK-47s on it. Okay, well that's all we need to hear about it. You had a great time, you really enjoyed <laughs> no, it. No, 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 no. It's a good gateway game. 
See, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Lucas. It's a slippery slope when we start it's getting It's not a slippery slope. Yeah, in, in our direction. I don't know if these recruiting things ever work out. They don't. They don't. It has to be organic. Try, you know what I mean? You try and you really... And, and I think in the end, there's a guy out there who's looking for a military war game and walks in accidentally or finds it online and says, yeah, these are my people. Yeah. I don't, right. I don't know if you can. Like, my brother-in-law, he's pretty good. Like... I got him to play full thrust. He's he's a computer guy. He was into the sci-fi stuff. I can't get him to military war game. My dad is like a reenactor. He's into military history. He he has like the uh, Civil War OB, like or no, not the OB. What's it? OR the OR the the whole uh, official records that yeah. the all officers wrote. You get like thousand dollars something like that to get. And uh, I can't get him to sit down and play a war game. So it's and he played war games when he was younger. He played like right. the old Avalon Hill water room and stuff with his friends when he was a kid. Yeah. But, uh, it just, some people just, it's very hard to find guys who are into it. Yeah, and, and I don't think for me, it, it's not, it's not so much like, I think you kind of have an obligation being a war gamer and knowing just how very cool they are. Like, let's not, let's not mislead ourselves. This is a fucking awesome hobby. And there's a lot of really cool experiences to be had. And I did not know it existed until I f- was looking at fucking shit for Carcassonne on BGG. That's how I discovered this. And I saw these pictures of these fucking boring ass maps. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but that kind of, I kind of had this picture in my head. Like, what is it like to play a game on a map like that? You know so, what I mean? So Jason, they're not boring. They're great. Jason, were you a war gamer when you met your wife? No, I wasn't even a gamer. So, like, what did your wife think when you started, like, wargaming? Well, she likes to give me endless piles of shit because I started off playing hero games. Um, and <laughs> she married a war, a euro game. <clears throat> not, not even that. I, I got into that years after we were together. Um, and my buddy was like, oh, you know, let's play Washington's War. Let's play Sikigahara. Let's play, um, you know, whatever. I was like, ah, I just, I'm not. At the time, anyway. I, was. Like, I just want to trade sheep for wood. I do. I want to convert <laughs> cubes into other cubes and push. Yeah. Um, and finally, he was like, okay, let's play Sakigahara. But before that, I, I said, I, I just don't have any interest. I wasn't a history buff. I didn't have any interest in it. So at about the same time, I had read 1776. Um so he said, let's play Sakigahara. And it was his turn to pick. And I'm like, all right, whatever, let's play it. And immediately we played that and that's, it was done. So 1776, I'm like, well, let's play Washington's War. And since then, I mean, it's been downhill. So now she can say, oh, remember when you said that you would never play a war game? <laughs> and she can hear me from the other room, but she, <clears throat> I get it about once every other week. Um, but I mean, she, she gets it and she embraces all of my obsessions, which is currently pens and, and war games. Um, but there's not really anything to say, you know. See, yeah, my, my wife, I was already a miniature warrior. Yeah, you were so. hard, hardcore already. Yeah, you were, second, you kind second, of came down, you came down from the uh, pinnacle of insanity. Second date, I showed her all my stuff. Nice. Are so, you serious? Yeah. She's still married. Yep. You just kind of like you showed up. You're like, this is what I'm about. There's a bunch of little tiny soldiers. I yep. painstakingly crafted. <laughs> yep. And back you then okay I was into this? I was into six millimeters too, so they're oh tiny, really that's small. True, that's so. true love, man. That's true love. 
Yes, so she was good. You gotta know, I think, early. Otherwise, why waste the time with exactly. the relationship? Yeah. yeah, they, 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 you owe it to them. Mm-hmm. I'm do. doing it for her. <laughs> it's true. That's interesting. Yeah, so, uh, I, I think I'm just about out of stuff to talk about, unless you guys want to talk about something. We, we talked about GMT West. We're all going to be there. Everybody should go. Jason will be there because he lives in Arizona. Um, Whatever, Jason. It's not that far, dude. It's just like, Couple hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, I think I looked it up last year. It's like a 14 hour drive. Okay, never mind. We'll uh, see you at Fonson World Expo. Yeah, I'll be oh, I, I have been playing Federation Commander with Ralph. Uh, he's killing me. Absolutely <laughs> destroying me in that game. Uh, Ralph has a very soothing voice. Does he? Oh yeah. You'd think Ralph would be kind of, uh, acidic and mm-hmm. sharp and sarcastic. Based on the, the mean posts he puts on the guild and the, the general, like, low animal cunning in his own words that he shows. <laughs> but, uh, haven't you found out, Lucas? He has a very soothing, it's almost like the, the, the computer from, uh, Space 2001. Oh. Yeah, no, I, no, absolutely. Like, I, I enjoy having Ralph on board for, uh, Basil game. Well, we're gonna be playing, um, uh, Swords of Sovereignty. He's he's reassuring. He knows what he's talking about. And he's yeah, I'll go, you can trust. I'll go to move my Klingon cursor, and he goes, he's like, uh, "No, uh, no, no." He goes, uh, I I wouldn't do that if I were you, Dave. <laughs> Dave, like a, what, Dave, what are you what are you board. doing, Dave? What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I will say stuff like, "That's that's an interesting move." <laughs> <laughs> he's out. Dude, it's it's awesome. fuck with you. He's like, awesome. that's an interesting move. You're like, uh, uh. Like, oh. as, as I play with him. No take-backs. <laughs> I'm absolutely mad. Like, I, I just, my mind cannot. I think the, the Federation Commander game is a uh, fun game. Uh, and there's all, just because the, while the rules are pretty simple, there's a lot of options. And apparently too many options for my small brain to understand. Because inevitably, whichever way we end up, my shield is down on that side, and Ralph is like all shields. <laughs> I might have blown away every other shield on every on all the sides of his ship. He's got his one full shield facing me, no matter what happens in our maneuvers. So, uh, I'm probably going to be we're, we're we're playing it online, but uh, the the thing costs fifteen dollars for every three months. That's yuck. That's, that's, that's Which is a war game a year, as far as I'm looking at. Yeah. It, so. So I'm going to be out as far as that. But it's, it's, I, I actually, after having played face to face with Ralph, I think it's pretty fun, even though I'm clearly outmatched, even with him letting me do take backs and <laughs> do all sorts of ridiculous shit. You should make my your ship, girls play. My ship is going to be destroyed soon. Oh yeah, that would never work. No? They're, they're into the fantasy, okay? They're no. not into the, I haven't gotten them into the war gaming stuff yet, so. They're really into the mice and mystics. They're starting to get into the Pokemon, which is a concern of mine. Yeah, that's a big concern. Get that in the bud. Because yeah. they, they, they get obsessive it's really quick star. No, no, no. My son just got into it. Ugh. I'm on board. There will, I have to. I, I will indeed catch them all. My, do- <laughs> my, my daughter has a catalog of all the fucking Pokemon. Yeah. So I'm just like, and she wants to show me stuff. Oh, how old is, how old is she? Eight. Yeah, my son just turned eight. Yep, so that she was made in heaven. I, I feel like the way my mom used to feel when I might have showed her like, Hey mom, come down and check what I'm doing in Gettysburg. She's like, Yeah, that looks great. Yeah. <laughs> I the same way. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's an awesome book. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Lucas, you got anything else? 
I do have some final parting words. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you guys. Cool. We enjoyed having you. Indeed. That's not the only words. No, no, no. Um, Take forever. Sorry. If you're, if you're listening Damn. to the podcast, join the guild. Yes. And post in the guild. Like, we're the best part of BGG. Hands, uh, hands down. But not like, if you're a dick. Not if you're a dick. Yeah, just we, lurk. We let Ralph in. Yeah, just lurk. But, like, honestly, like, if you're listening and, and, and you have something to say, post about it. Like, we're not going to tell you you're wrong. Right. You know? I like, agree. just yeah, post. Yeah. Just talk. It's a conversation. It's a, it's, it's an, it's a two-way street. And, and there's a lot to be talked about. Even if it's not directly board game related, we have a music thread. We have a cinema thread. We have a TV thread. Just post about your exp- book thread. You know what I mean? Like, and put up your session reports. Like, guys, if you got a review of a game that you just did, fuck fucking send it at BGG where it's going to be reviewed. Ah, screw just that. Post, post it on the guild like a mini pocket review and just put it out there. And let like, the other guys in the guild know about it. Like, don't even go anywhere else on BGG. Come to the guild first. Subscribe, join, post there. We're, we're, the, we're the cream of the crop in terms of BGG. And I say that with authority. Um, really, it's, it's the best place to be. So, so, uh, contribute and, and just know that, that you're not going to be wrong. Um, you might get a little heckled, but it's all in good fun and it's a really good place to be and make your voice heard. And I can say this safely saying that nobody has quit and rejoined the guild more times than Luke. (laughs) I'm at the center and, and and when I am not okay with how things are going, I will quit. (laughs) I will the future quit and you will know if things have gone astray. (laughs) (laughs) That means a lot. Uh, yeah, guys had a great time. This this was fun. Alright, man. Alright. Alright, guys. Visit us at http colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail dot com. Oh man. I'm all burby.